This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, indeedy. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that still hasn't had a long enough lie down after the Chelsea match with Everton on Saturday. Now, I am Stamford Chidge, and of course, the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast, the day football went mad. Because it certainly blooming well did. It was absolutely, completely mental uh, last Saturday. Everton versus Chelsea, had uh, a ring of the old-school football match about it in a nine-goal thriller. It could and perhaps should have been all over after three minutes as Chelsea roared into a 2-0 lead. But an excellent Everton side just wouldn't give up and gave us a good game. But like the fit bird in the nightclub, Chelsea always stayed tantalisingly out of reach. What a game, what a result and what a statement to make. No other sides will put six past Everton at Goodison Park this season. I guarantee you that. Now, joining me tonight on what should be a very splendiferous show are, in no particular order, we have Seb. We have Seb. Thank you. Round of applause for Seb. That's right. We have the lovely, effervescent uh, Jonathan Kidd tonight. What beautiful adjectives. Lovely. Thank you, thank you. This, is, thank you. I, this show's turning into Strictly Come Dancing. A little <laughs> round of applause for all the people. Last but by no means least, my great friend, a fantastic journalist in his own right. There is no pun intended in that. It is the fantastic Dan Levine. Yes! Oh, oh, we're getting, we're getting some appreciation from the benches. Talking of which, who have we got on the benches tonight? Should we have a little look-see? And there we go. Now we have, of course, we have uh, the, look at that, we've got the regulars. The regulars are at the back this week. I'm going to go from the back to the front. We've got the lovely Andy, Andy Silverman. Yay! 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 We've got the gaffer. Hello, gaffer. How are you tonight? 
Lovely. Gaffer. One Harry Baker. There's, There's only, only one Harry Baker. Baker. Lovely. A lovely kind of pink shirt you've got on tonight, Harry. You're confident in your manliness. I like that. Uh, we, of course, we've got the, the, the master of ceremonies on the benches. We've got uh, the lovely Dan Sills. Evening, Hello, Dan. How you doing? I'm all right, mate. Now, we have two very special guests on the benches this week, don't we, Dan? We've got the lovely Daniel Barsa. There we go. All the way from Australia. All the way from Down Under, mate. Isn't that great? And we've also got, last but by no means least, the lovely Aaron. Hey. There we go. Now, Aaron, Aaron, is, Aaron is Beth Wilde's representative on Earth. He has been sent a, a deposition from uh, Chelsea in America. How about those apples? Brilliant stuff. Now, uh, on the show tonight, uh, we've got, uh, well, we're obviously going to have a look at Ross's ratings in a minute for the game, which are, in fact, Chidge's ratings. Just let's get that clear right are now. They're as low as normal. They are. They? Uh, uh, for the Everton game. And we're going to be discussing this mental, mental, mental game that we all witnessed on Saturday. Uh, we've also got the fannies for this week, as we always do. Uh, and we'll be awarding our man of the match, chant of the match, celery, and our Guinness moments. And you have half an hour, people out there, only half an hour to get your votes for these in. Uh, on, go to the website. It's very easy. ChelseaFanCast.com forward slash the hyphen fannies. There we go. Very easy. Now, later on in the show, uh, we're going to be having a chat with the Sunday Telegraph football correspondent, Jason Burt. And we're going to be talking to him all about Chelsea's transfer business this summer and, of course, the impact of financial fair play therein. Uh, we'll also be discussing Chelsea's Champions League draw. And, of course, we'll be saying, well, if we have time, we will, because I think mainly we're going to be saying adios to Fernando Torres. Uh, possibly with mixed feelings. Uh, and, of course, we'll wrap up the show, as we always do, with Chelsea Chatter stats and a little roundup of our own news. And there's some news already. In fact, breaking news. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, breaking news. It's Seb's birthday tomorrow. Thank you. Should we say happy birthday to you now? Go on, yeah, we could do a very quick happy birthday. Very, very quick one. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Seb. Happy birthday to you. How'd you feel? Well, that round of applause, yes. 24 years old tomorrow. 24. It's that age bracket that's where the kind of thing that's going to make, make me swear. You're well past it. Yeah, I'm one of you guys now. That, that's well, I, I'm just, <laughs> 24. I, I'm so jealous. Yeah. It's not true. He's now an uh, old father. There we go. Yeah, now, um, life's over. Shush, bit of hush and decorum, please. <laughs> now, look, uh, don't forget, you can actually tweet us during the show, and I might actually try and look at the tweets. I, I usually forget. I, I, need a, I need a Chidge's little helper, which we will be getting. The address, of course, is Chelsea at Chelsea Fancast for tweets. Uh, of course, if you're listening to us on Mixler, uh, I hope the sound is okay. I hope I've remembered to press go. Uh, but if you want to join in with that, you can look at the chat room, and that is at mixler.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. Uh, anyway, tell us what you think. Try and get involved, and I will do my best to, uh, to log on and see what's going on on my phone during the show. I probably will forget. I normally do. Should we talk about some football? Yeah, why not? Shall we? Was there football? There was. I almost forgot about it. How mad was it? Anyway, uh, talking of things that are mad... Uh, we have Ross's ratings, which are actually Chidge's ratings, and we're going to have a quick look at that and run through what I thought about the player performances. So let's have a look at the old ratings, shall we? Oh, I'm getting a bit of talk back in my ear. How exciting. Well, oh, no, that's a still. That's, in fact, Browner's goal, which is lovely to see. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to run through them anyway, because I just can't be bothered to wait, really. Uh, first of all, I awarded Courtois six. Okay. Was that because of his rollout towards the no, end? No, no, there are reasons why. There we go. Okay. Here's our ratings on screen Is now. We got Courtois got six. Let me just run through them. Courtois okay. got six. Aspilicoeta got six. Terry got six. Cahill got six. This is like the third week in a row, I think, I've given mainly the defence six. Mm-hmm. And also, given Branner the highest mark, he gets an eight. Uh, 
I've given in the midfield Ramirez seven, Matic seven, and then Hazard got eight, Fabregas got eight, William got seven, and Diego Costa got a whopping great big nine. And for the subs, Mikel got seven. And uh, I decided not to give Luis or Drogba a mark because I didn't feel... I th- going by Ross's rules, enough, exactly. They? Yeah. they weren't on there long enough. So what do you have to say about that? Can I say that I think the Ramirez is, should be a six? You I know th- what? I think he gives the ball away too much. Even though he runs around like a, a dervish. Yeah, a whirling dervish, in yeah, fact. No, he doesn't whirl, but uh, he, he, doesn't he, he still runs I think his arms and legs whirl. Well, that's twirl, more, I think. Twirly, whirly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Rami had a bit of a game of two halves, really. Mm. You know, he, he, was, he was very good going forward. He seemed to sort of yes, have a bit of an involvement absolutely. in a lot of the goals, absolutely. and there were lots of them, well, but he just seemed to lose it and, a bit at and the back. he scored a good goal, very yes, yeah. You see, that's the thing. I, I, I'm glad Dan defended my honour before I actually had to, but I, I, I normally have a massive downer on Ramirez, as we all know, mm. um, and I was tempted to give him a six. But then I thought, actually, do you know what? He scored a fantastic goal. He made an assist. And he did run around a lot, which I know always gets him at least one mark. There was that terrible moment when he got through, though, and he had several options and just laid the ball to the left. Several left. times, Absolutely Jonathan. nobody at all. Yeah. There were several that's, occasions. That's, that's Ramirez all over, isn't it? He's fine until he has to think. Well, or pass, <laughs> you know. Bless him, he's a little bit hard of thinking, I think, he sometimes. He is, bless him. But I do, I do like, I, I, there's something about Ramirez I love, actually. But I it seems that he's horses for courses, isn't it? Because the manager chose him for that game, and I suspect he won't be around for the next well, game. Well, I think he's that's another, that that's a very interesting thing. the squad. I, I do think that's a very interesting thing, because, of course, Fabregas came on and, and he, played, uh, he played in Oscar's position, which I thought mm. was interesting. And I, I thought... Yeah. Fabregas had a decent game as well. He, he, for me, Fabregas kind of conducted the orchestra, really. I, I, I really, I, I love the way he did that from the number 10 position there. Yeah, and, and that's... De- almost regardless of where he's been placed on the pitch, that's what he's done in the first three games of, of the season. He, he really has been the, sort of the orchestrator of everything that's been good about Chelsea. Um, so, you know, really exciting signing. Looking very good. Do you think that, you know, in view of the fact that a lot of teams are going to park the bus... Okay, at Stamford Bridge, that we can call Fabregas the bus conductor. <laughs> no, <laughs> does that sound a tumbleweed? <laughs> yep, I can oh, see there, it there, whizzing, there, whizzing there, across there. the screen. It's right. the kind of joke you appreciate, but don't actually <laughs> laugh at. Okay, like yeah. a, like, laugh a, a, like a port. Yeah. Yeah. I, should I feel encouraged by that? At all? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Good, I, I'm slightly it's clever. Okay, look, the other, the, the main for me. I mean, again, you know, the, the people who got eight. I mean, Hazard got an eight, and Fabregas got an eight. Uh, Branner again, another yeah, was stupendous performance. He, do you realise he was our, our, third, our second most effective striker? I've got a great stat here. Uh, he, three shots, one goal, one on target. You know, the other, other one was obviously not on target, but mm. statistically he was our second best striker. How about that? Can, can, I, I, just un- love him. can I unleash a stat that, on, uh, that Chadder has no doubt got for later in the game? Um, but it's that he's the, the last... Who was the last Chelsea player to score in his first three Premier League games. Moodle. Exactly. Well, a bit worrying that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but you say that, but I mean, I mean, you know, surely, you know, Costa has to get a nine. I mean, Jose said it afterwards, didn't he? He said it's the most, the most complete performance that you know from a from a, a centre forward. I, I loved it. I mean, two superb goals, getting in Coleman's face, squaring up to Tim Howard, and or sorry, Taliban Tim, as I now name him, <laughs> squaring up to Howard, not taking step back. Uh, two monster, monster, monster tackles near his own penalty box. Yeah. That I probably... And Jose mentioned this post-match as well. I was so delighted that he picked up on that because I, I, I was going... I was up... I was getting out of my seat going mental when he did that. I just loved that. I found there was a lot of getting out of your seat going mental <laughs> watching that game. It was just crazy, wasn't it? It was. Really, really, really. And he holds the ball up, which is... Which is he does. Something that 
Torres wouldn't do. No. But well, also, there's a fire about him. There's a, there's a strength. That fire Torres, in the belly. Torres never had. There's no. a competitive spirit but in him. You just go, love wow. Him. I spoke to Aspilicueta after the game, and one of the things I asked, I don't know if you noticed it when you're watching it, but um, whenever Aspi went forward, he would drop back into the left-back position. And how long has it been since we've seen a striker for Chelsea do that? Well, Didier Drogba, I suppose, is, is, is the Yeah, but do you know one, what, right? actually? Those tackles he made near the penalty box, they reminded me of Drogba. That's what Drogba used to yeah. do. Uh, the other thing I, I was quite impressed by is it was Hazard's uh, tracking back. He he yeah. he kept because of course Coleman's <clears> quite <throat> a threat going forward, and Hazard made a big effort to get back, didn't he, Seb? I thought Hazard um, attacking wise wasn't great, but obviously that Second burst possibly better. Yeah, that, I mean that burst to score well, to, for the own goal was amazing. I mean once he's got past you, that is it, it's mm. game over. Mm. Um, going backwards, I thought he actually had a really good game, and we've seen maybe for the last eighteen months that he's kind of had to he decided to go track back now and it's important to his game if he wants to be a great player he has to yeah, do both, both sides of the game yeah, exactly. we've got to go for a break in a minute but before we do let's have a quick uh, look at what the benches or see what the benches have to say about the ratings are you generally approving the ratings this week benches yeah yeah Chish sounds good Okay, I'm liking that. You're approving it. I'm, I'm, I, feel, I feel we can now go to a break happily knowing that they approve. I don't think you should be encouraged about these sixes I you do. give everybody. No, no, I think it's, okay. it's Ross's rules. Okay. Right, we are going to go for a very quick break, but we will be back after that to talk more detail about the Chelsea-Everton game. I, for one, cannot wait. We will see you in a minute. Only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. Oh, there we go. We're back. How lovely. I am Stanford Chidge. This, of course, is the Chelsea Football Fancast, and uh, we're about to really chew the bones out of uh, the Everton Chelsea match, which. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was it was like a, it was like a heavyweight boxing match, wasn't it? Like two great big heavyweights, like slugging it out. It was just mad. But I do like my analogy in, in the build-up, saying it was a bit like a fit bird on a nightclub, always saying tantalisingly out of reach, you know. Or maybe, maybe I mean, Seb probably always gets the fit bird on the nightclub, so I don't know. But you know what I mean? It was it was it was just bonkers, um, and it had absolutely everything. I think Dan didn't it that game. Uh, yeah, everything and more, really. And yeah. more. And, and, uh, and my, my primary concern, to be honest, on about 70 minutes, when I'd normally start sending my match report, is what on earth I'm going to write with the rest of it, because there's just been five more goals. Yeah. Was, you know, every, everything was lying in tatters, and, and it was just bizarre. Uh, short of maybe a, a red card, which I'm quite pleased we didn't get, there wasn't much more they could have had in it. A red card was potentially on the cards, actually, wasn't it? I on mean, two it, occasions for Howard. <coughs> I mean, you know, I, I, excuse me for saying, but our older uh, representative on the show tonight. But do, do you, I mean, can you recall? I mean, I, you know, when I, again, I said it in the build up, it, there was something very old school about that, Jonathan. I mean, the 50s and the 60s. Manchester there was United, quite Chelsea, 5 2 at the bridge. Yeah, which, which year was, which decade was that in? God, no, 65. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I, annoyingly, actually, I, I should look on the phone in a minute, but um, Chelsea Stats came out with a really good one. And it is true that in the, in the 50s and the 60s, you used to get 7 2s. Six threes, five fours. It wasn't the fitness, and there wasn't yeah. the same tactics, and it the game was, a bit was slower. Like 
I mean, more recently, I remember, I mean, the, there was that United uh, in the Cup when Viali scored a few goals. We were 5-0 down, weren't we? 5-3, wasn't it? Yeah, it ended up 5-3. Yeah. But of course, more recently, there was the 5-4 against United in the Carling yeah. Cup. Mm. That was a mental game, wasn't it? But I don't think any of them were quite as crazy Intense. as that. Also, that it's, 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 it's immediate, yeah. immediate. It, it was them more. scoring in yeah. the next attack. It was like playing FIFA. It was <laughs> like playing FIFA. Is that what playing FIFA's like, Seb? <laughs> sort of. I wouldn't know, but, you know. I'm too old for that. Too, no, you're too cool, Judge. Too, too cool? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Seb. <laughs> Seb's now my favourite uh, pundit on the Jealous. I think you're cool as well, Judge. Oh, do you? Yeah. you but he said it first. Yeah, true. <laughs> benches. Uh, uh, people out in benches land. I mean, you know, what did you think? I mean, uh, uh, it was really quite old school and, and, and it was mad. Absolutely mad. Is it one of the maddest games you've ever seen? It was pretty crazy. I mean, it was end to end. I was watching it at home and up the sofa, down, up, and just brilliant. It's what football's all about. And we got the right result. We did. What about our new boys, uh, Darren and Ar- uh, Darren, uh, Daniel and Aaron? It's quite hard to say, actually, Daniel and Aaron. <laughs> call them Darren. What? We call them Darren for sure. I like that. Yeah, that's maybe where I was going with that, Dan. What do you think, boys? Uh, I thought it was great. I mean, I think our defence seems a little bit maybe sketchy. Um, if that might be harsh, but I thought end to end game. Like, what, yeah. what more could you ask for? Well, Getting the result as well, like perfect. Yeah, brilliant. Aaron. Uh, yeah, it was really fun watching the game. Uh, defense might have been a little sketchy, like Daniel said, but uh, yeah, again, great result. So I'm happy. Little bit, of, little bit of negativity creeping in from the from the new boys, the foreigners <laughs> on the benches. But we'll get to that later. First of all, I want to say I, I, I thought you know clearly. Very, very impressive up front, scoring at will. And, and that, for me, and again, Jose mentioned this in, in the post-match presser, but you know, that is the key difference this season. Um, I, I suspect that we might have lost that game last season. Yeah, you know, I, I really think so. I think one, one thing that needs to be said, Everton played really well, I think. They are a good, good side. Mm. And also they've got the... the the crowd behind them. It's like a bear pit there. Well, so it sounds like a, a hen night. It's it's whenever you play any scouses, sorry, Sam in the gallery for that. I know that's going to kill you. The and shriek, as they call it. Even a throw and they shriek. It's like it's like it's like somebody's kind of thrown a load of diddy men at an electric fence, isn't it? Not the ash, not the ash. It's horrible. Yeah. I'll let you just let you reflect on that, Dan. It's quite an image, isn't it? Um, but no, I mean, we were hugely impressive up front. And I mean, I think, you know, Costa and Fabregas uh, uh, have been the key to this. And I, and I mentioned it earlier, but I, I loved Fabregas playing in... I loved uh, uh, Fabregas playing in, in the number 10 role. Here's the thing, though. You know, should, should, he, should he feature in, as a number 10? Or, you know, should Oscar be worried or what? I mean, is he better in the number 10 or is he better as next, next to Matic? I think he's been bought as a player who can play in a number of different positions. And, and it's not just number 8 and number 10. I think, you know, if it comes down to it, he can maybe even get on the wing. Maybe a goal. You know? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Wasn't that a criticism though? The f- of after he'd scored the two goals, is the fact that Matic and uh, and Fabregas were a little bit too near the defence, yeah. thus allowing them to to pile on the pressure. And I thought we took the foot off the gas mm. after we were two up as well for that mm. period. It's when they started coming further I, forward. You know in what? Because you know I, I'm, I'm getting a bit senile, and, and I now and now because we do this blooming show, I have to, I have to write notes in my iPhone, which makes me an iPhone. Uh, but I did note that at half-time. I thought, you know, they're, they're sitting back too much after 2-0 yeah. up yeah. and they were inviting Everton on. And, and Everton, I thought, you know, really took the ball by the horns uh, after about 20 minutes. They, they finally settled they into the game. The gear, and they, they looked really good and yeah. very, very threatening. And that goal yeah. was absolutely on the cards, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah, and they, uh, they were unlucky that um, was it Distan who was offside as well because that, yeah. if that had gone in as well, then 
to, to half The crowd um, just wouldn't let the linesman forget it for the next 15 minutes, as if, as if he'd yeah. somehow made a mistake yeah. for a blatantly offside goal. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I really noticed this. In fact, I noted that in my notes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Scouse shrieking permeates the air, I wrote in my notes. But I think you're absolutely right about um, uh, last, if this was last year and Torres had been playing, because we, we had a large number of, of chances last year and it was 1-0. It was we, we had about 20 yeah, chances, 20, yeah, didn't we? And he didn't put them away, whereas... Uh, um, you know, um, Costa is just magnificent. I'd like to point out as well that he scored the, the first with the right foot and the second with the left foot, and they both looked in you know, equal strength feet. I wish I'd have known yeah. that, because I'd have deducted a point for not getting a hat-trick sure. and having one with his head, because yeah. that would have been yeah, yeah, the, Hassel, the Hasselbank medal. Oh, yeah. oh, I still remember that game like it was yesterday. Even better being against Spurs. And yeah. even better being against <laughs> Spurs. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say about Cesc Fabregas is that he... he whoa, 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 whoa. Cesc? Chess. Excuse me? Chess. The game of chess. Chess. He's called Cesc, isn't he? Is he Chess? I thought it was Chess because he's Francesca. Okay, I'll just, I'll just call him. You, have you got a bit gooner? No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that, was a, that was a cappuccino out there. Not a latte. Right, okay. um, anyway. Is that what the gooners call him then? Was Chess? They used to go jab at yeah. chess school stuff. We'd be banned this last week, no. Jonathan. I know we did, but I'm just... Can I just call him Fabregas? I will. And now, forever onwards, I will call him Fabregas. I'm going to call him F. <laughs> anyway, Fabregas. I, it just occurred to me watching the game. He, he looks. He looks like he looks Chelsea now. He doesn't look mm. Arsenal or Barcelona. He, you know, I, he looks tougher. He doesn't look as effect as he looked when he played for Arsenal and, and Barcelona. Who would agree with that analysis? Do you think he's had a big night out down the North End Road? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? He's a bit, he's a bit, a bit longer. Yeah. His no, no, his hair's cropped short now. Well, it's grown a little he bit. He hasn't got a hairband or an Alice oh. band anymore. Oh, no. Did he do that before? Yeah. Yeah. If he threw a piece of celery at him, he wouldn't complain mm. and now fall on the ground as he did in the League Cup final. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm almost rendered speechless by that. Do you analysis. remember that happening? I do, yeah. yeah. Well, well, he was scared of celery, wasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, right. But I think the reason he's playing really well, he put on Instagram yesterday that he'd had a hernia problem for eight months. Did he? Yeah, and that... What, at Barca? At Barca, yeah, and that he was thanking the um, physiotherapist at Chelsea for all the hard work to yeah. healing it, basically. So that's obviously a great thing that he's not got any pain um, anymore. So, yeah. But he looks tougher. Yeah, but he's he going to have to be in England. He looks a bit squatter, England. doesn't he? Looks yeah. a bit but he has, he's chunked up, yeah, he's, he's, he's unshaven, yeah. he's got a cropped yeah. haircut, yeah. he looks more Chels now, yeah. he doesn't look a fet. <laughs> I love that word, I'm going to say it again. Once more for effect, effect. There you go. I was under the impression it was effete. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Bang goes the studio. Um, anyway, moving along. Right. Um, a question for the defence. I've entitled this little segment. Um, and I think this actually, funnily enough, it does relate uh, to, to, uh, to, to, to uh, Fabregas in a way. But, I mean, as we were saying, it was a great tempo. And, and I thought the ball transition at the start, I mean, that first goal, I mean, they, we, they, we didn't Kept even let ball. Everton touch it. But we did sat, sit back on the counter. And... I, you know, I just wonder, I mean, was it sloppiness, laziness? Was it a bit shambolic? Were they leaving Everton far too much space? Or, or was it, as, as Jose said, just down to individual mistakes? I think they're learning as they go along at the moment, mm. both individually and as, as a team. You know, there, there's a lot of new people in there. They haven't been together that long. And, yeah, there were silly mistakes in there. But at the same time, you, know, you can see it almost throughout the game with the maturity that, that's, that's increasing. They're playing a completely new system. This yeah. wasn't on the cars last season, so it's going to happen. I mean, one thing I would say, Dan, I mean, there are a lot of people, of course, on Twitter, as you will know, you know, who are coating off Courtois, oh, you should have done better for all those goals. I don't think so. I thought Courtois yeah. 
was, I mean, you know, the, the, the first goal was yeah. a superb yeah. header. The second goal, uh, a really decent shot. You couldn't do much about that. In fact, somebody should have tackled uh, McGeady before he got yeah. near the penalty area. So I'd say probably Matic. Well, they all, they all three of them went for um, Lukaku, didn't they? Well, Lukaku, 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 Lukaku made a good run. Very good run, and they left, they left yeah, the, the, the right-hand side. Space. But that yeah. wasn't Courtois' fault. And an Eto's Eto, goal, yeah. I mean, you could say, well... well yeah, goalkeeper completely unsighted. But brilliant that. goal. Yeah. Brilliant yeah. goal. You know, and we knew it was going to happen. Did you give him those smelling salts again? It must be that. Yeah. One, of, one, of, one of the things I was most pleased about with Etu when he scored that goal was there was none of this silly sitting on your hands not celebrating the boy loves scoring goals off he goes yeah. I would expect nothing less nor would him. I nor would I you know you, I won't repeat what I yeah. said yeah. I, I, I basically did a version of the Samuelito hello hello song uh, and if you want to enter into a competition, you can write on a postcard and tell me what the what I changed hello hello to but it's not hard to work that <laughs> one out um, I was cross Obviously, so well, that he scored. Yes, yeah, it was well, because it, it, it was better than Lukaku scoring. I think. Well, I mean, you know, we'll get on to Lukaku's yeah. uh, naughtiness later on, but uh, but uh, no, I, I mean, you know, it was a superb goal. And the bottom line is, I don't think you can fault uh, your friend Courtois out for no. any of those. But he um, that save he made against was it Morales hit the post. Oh. if that goes in, they, they win the game for me. Uh, yeah, they they were uh, Dander was yeah. out, wasn't it? Yeah, they and they were, were, the were, the they were crowd, in touch. The crowd was, was reaching a kind of shrieky decibel yeah. they hadn't even reached before. But they, yeah. but they didn't even show on match of the day, which no. I found outstanding. Like, well, to be fair, there was quite a lot yeah. to show on match sure, of the day. I mean, you know, but it was a game-changing moment as a Chelsea was. fan. The, I hi- think it was. the highlights package of that ninety minutes could have been ninety-five yeah. minutes long. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was it was yeah. ridiculous. And Gary Lineker's beard. <coughs> See, I, I, I was <laughs> quite a fan of the Gary Lineker goatee. Obviously, yeah, it's good. It suits him, doesn't it? But he did got right. I really enjoyed. He's a big earring now, doesn't he? Well, looks like his brother. Yeah, I I really enjoyed watching Match of the Day this week. I actually waited and waited. I was really looking forward. It's not often you can say that. I was really looking forward to it. Benches, benches, benches. What are your what are your thoughts on the game overall? You know, we said it was mental, but I mean, you know, were the defence a bit sloppy? Was Courtois at fault for any of the goals? I don't think so. I think there were, as you say, two very good goals and a just a fantastic header. So we could nothing about it. Last year we'd have lost. We had character. We kept coming back. We kept coming back, and we got three big points. And as everyone said, we're not. No one's going to get six goals at Goodison Park again in a hurry. Mm. I mean, we we apart from Dan all failed miserably to to be there at Goodison. Um, were you? Were you? Any of you lot were up there? No, no. Epic fail. Well, how yeah. many of you? How, how many of you really wish you had been there? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those I games think, where I think we all should have been there. Yeah, we've all failed yeah. miserably, apart yeah. from Dan. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, Dan that's, had that's to his be job. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Dan's work. job. Um, yeah, one thing I'm going to if you lose, they've got there. It's one of the reasons I don't like going because I reached that stage in my life. We have to be very worrying about whether you go to the loo or not. I've noticed. Ages and ages. I just had a problem before we came yeah. in. So uh, we've got, we've, for those of you who are worried about what might happen, we have got Jonathan connected up to a... a, a it's a catheter. Chidge's yeah. <laughs> catheter. Exactly. Fitted yeah. it personally. Yeah, it is. I, you yeah. know, these hands were made for fitting <laughs> catheters. Um, anyway, one of the things that I want to talk about, which is maybe a bit off topic or, or left field, but I thought that the officials were absolutely Poorly. shocking. Poorly. Um, I know why, though. I know why. Apparently, uh, the referee was called John Moss, who, of course, you know, everybody of a certain age will know, was actually the drummer for Culture Club, uh, <laughs> who actually, you could argue, would have done a much better job refereeing that match, I think. Do you really want to hurt me? Yes, actually, I do, John Moss. I really wanted to hurt you for most of the entire match. Unbelievable. I mean, they were, it was awful. It was that terrible moment when he was Coleman conned him by nudging 
yeah. Costa, and he yeah. thought, and he gave Costa the yellow I know, card. You I know. Go, Hang on, this is really obvious what happened. But I think I think the first one, obviously, uh, boys, is the, is, is Taliban Tim. I mean, encroaching out. I oh. mean, he was almost at the D at the end of the D. But, but the, the 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 linesman hadn't kept up. Sorry, the assistant referee hadn't kept up with it. So he saw the same shot that the cameras showed us, yeah. which was him at the edge of the area. He didn't. If he'd been fitter and quicker. He'd have been level with it, it was but an he, he hadn't caught decision. up. It. it was. I mean, appalling because he should have been sent off for that, Dan. Well, I, I've seen these hands happen outside the area, mate. I, I've seen this happen before. Was it a direct goal-scoring chance? He um, handled outside. He the handled outside the area, but did he do it on purpose? First question, and was it direct goal scoring chance? I think it's a yellow card. He probably should have got. Hazard was on, no, on him. It's an obvious no, goal no, scoring chance. Mm, I'd, I'd give him a yellow certainly, but he got nothing, of course, did he? He got nothing. Yeah. He should have been sent off twice. Absolutely. Well, we'll get on to that. Yeah. But I mean, that was that was number one. Uh, but my favourite was uh, Taliban Tim. Uh, you know, just because Costa told Coleman his fortune, quite rightly, actually, quite rightly. And the other thing is, is that you've got Seamus Coleman, who's Irish, and Scouse, and Diego, and Scouse, and yeah. Diego Costa, who, of course, is, is Spanish, well, we'll call him Spanish for sake of argument. No, I mean, so how could Coleman possibly understand well, what, what, or, what, what was said to him? I've got some information on this because I asked John Terry the other week whether he was helping uh, Diego Costa learn any English. <laughs> uh, and he said, with a little chuckle, yes. I said, can you tell us any of the words you taught him? And with a little chuckle, he said, no. <laughs> okay, so, so Diego Costa's entire vocabulary is, is, is uh, English vocabulary is now from explicit. John Terry. A little bit of barking vernacular. Mm. Yes. Okay, well, he was certainly quoting a bit of vernacular to Coleman, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I think that's great. I mean, you know, I'm all for that. And then Taliban Tim rushes out and, and tries to strangle Costa, who doesn't take one step back. So he, he hands on. He should have been yeah, sent off yeah, for that. Yeah. And then, and then little the Aspie, yeah. he, he butts him he like butts a stag. Him, yeah. Well, yeah. you can't do that. But and he hasn't. doesn't even get. He got a yellow, didn't hasn't he? Hasn't he allegedly got Tourette's though, Howard? Yeah, he has. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim We love Tim Howard because he says you. So United, you think there's an element of sympathy with the referee? Well, there shouldn't be. Of course, there shouldn't be. But you think there might? be? If I was a referee, every time he had a Tourette's attack, I'd book him off for foul abusive language. You're off, and you're off again. And you're off again, and you're off again. But I mean, I'm sorry. It's just, it's just that's appalling referee. Well, Three dreadful. times he could have had a red card. Do, do you even, think even Seamus, sorry, even Seamus Coleman should have been sent off for what? Well, for just his uh, stuff with uh, Costa. Yeah. And then he stood on uh, Fabregas's hand. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one, did. no one mentions that. No, no. So that's that. that's a red card. No, that was. I mean, I was going to say, why did Costa get booked? Uh, because I, I, I didn't see him do anything that really warranted a yellow card. There were, there were handbags between him and Coleman. You know, if fair anything, enough. If anything, it's one yellow each, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. actually have. I mean, to be really honest, I don't have a problem with with, with Coleman and any uh, player getting in and trying to wind up Costa. We know that his temperament might be a bit dodgy. We we don't it hasn't really been fully tested. But if I was the opposition, I'd be saying get into Costa, wind him up, see mm. what happens. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem mm. with the referee booking him for doing nothing. Do you, do you think uh, John Moss was swayed a little bit by the home crowd? Oh, do you think he was? Do you think he was in the? He thought he was in the church of the poison mind. Oh, <laughs> good. Very, very good. good, very good. I think that John Moss, the referee, was so changeable he could have been a carbon chameleon. Oh, we can go through wow. the whole back catalogue if you like. Wow. Yeah. But we, we need, won't. We need a bit of time to work it out. Oh, oh time. I'm not yes. old to know any oh. of <laughs> Sorry, if you've all switched off, I can yeah. fully sorry, understand sorry, why. Sorry, yeah. all all right. not, not very, generation. very quickly, very, very <laughs> quickly. Don't be stupid. Very, very quickly, I just want to really have a chat about you know, what kind of uh, marker this lays down? Because uh, f- for me, I mean, I think Everton are a decent side. 
I really do. And I think they play well. And we just mullered them 6-3. So Coleman, what kind Coleman of... Coleman is a terrific player, even though we've just yeah. made him out to be a... They are. He, he, Coleman is, in himself he's is a best terrific right back. I think he's the best right Fantastic. back. Fantastic. Absolutely. So come on, Dan. What, what kind of a marker do you think it lays down? They look good. It's very early in the season. Don't get too carried away, I'd say. You know, we, we've played three games and, and two of them have been against sides that really should go back down again. Mm. One of them has been again, just a complete freak of a match. No, Leic- Leicester did well against Arsenal. Yeah, well, you know, it's against Arsenal, isn't it? Burnley <laughs> did well against Man United. I repeat my point. We could, we could go on. Who are they playing next? Anybody know? No, not a clue. Liverpool, let's hope. <laughs> they, they look good. There, there, there are things to, to, to take credit from there, things to be very pleased about, but, you know, need to keep on building. I still think they're a work in progress, Seb. And, I mean, you know, in, in spite of the fact that we've already said we don't think that Courtois was necessarily at fault for those goals, uh, and they were very good goals, we, we did let three in, you know. Yeah. On another day, we wouldn't have scored six. No. We were talking about earlier, what, when was the last time we conceded three goals in a game yeah. in the league? And it was Sundon last year. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we sneak, we're, we've got a very good defence. We've got to make sure all these errors are um, yeah, What I, I love the positive aspect of the fact that when they scored, we just went and scored again, which yeah. is what we weren't doing at all last year. Mm. School, school, school. Yeah. When we get one, we'll get more. We'll, we'll sing you assembly when we get to Wembley. So come on, you Chelsea, and score, <laughs> score, <laughs> score. <laughs> Enough. Right, we should go to a break, people, because we'll probably carry on singing and then we'll lose the one remaining viewer that we actually probably have. But never mind. After the break, we are going to be talking fannies. Oh, yes. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Footballfancast.com Hello. We are back. Fantastic. Now, I am Stanford Chidge. This is the Chelsea Football Fancast, and this is one of my favourite we- uh, moments in any week, but especially this week. This is time for the Fannies, uh, which are our match awards, which consist of the man of the match, obviously, chant of the match, uh, Guinness and salary moments. And uh, a salary moment is happening right now to my left, where Jonathan is taking a selfie, or doing a selfie. No salary oh, involved over here. No I salary involved. Good, I'm glad to hear it. Okay, right, so this week, uh, for our man of the match, our nominees are Eden Hazard, which I, I think is I think is well-deserved. This is, I didn't get this out earlier on, but Eden Hazard uh, has created twice as many chances in the mm. Premier League than any other player. Really? Yeah. Any other player. This season. This season. Yeah, nice. Right, right. <laughs> Steady on, Steady on. I'm a, bit sta- I'm a bit statomatic tonight. Oh, I've got oh. far too many stats whizzing around. Impressive, away. actually. I know, I've done some homework for once. But no, I mean, because I, I, I mean, I, I, we've been saying for the last few weeks that he's a bit of a slow start to the season, mm. you know, really, not quite up to mm. his best. But actually, the stats don't, don't tell you that at all. It's, it's like, you know, he is actually creating chances. He's just playing a different sort of game to what he was doing last season. He's less of a one man <coughs> band and he's more of a team player, isn't he? I think it's great. And I, and I really do think that the addition of Costa and particularly Fabregas mm. are really going to help Hazard because. 
you know, they got found out a bit last season because basically teams were putting three they people on him, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. And he's now got, I think, the weight of responsibility about being our only creative player have gone. I think the fact that he will have more space because they've got to concentrate on Costa and, and not on also others, Fabregas. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the and goal it, was and great. It was a great goal. Wasn't it? Even um, though it was an own goal. Yeah. yeah. Still a great, it was a great run, yeah. though. It was down a fantastic down, run, yeah. And, and once um, Felipe Luis, if he does get into the team, then he has to one making those runs beyond, beyond the defender so he can go the yeah. other side. He draws in the defender, which yeah. is great. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Will he go into the team at the moment? I, well, I think he'll give him a go well, later on. Well, seeing as Aspie has just signed a new deal. And has, has he really? I didn't know that. Tonight's been announced. Aspie's signed a new deal. For how long? For five years. Pinkle and um, five, five, five years. And, <laughs> and just a little bit of rumour to put out there. I saw um, a certain centre-half deep in conversation with the chief executive of the club at Goodison I wouldn't be surprised to hear that Gary Cahill signed a deal fairly shortly as well. Mm. How long has he got left on his current contract then? A couple of years, I think. Yeah, so that's about yeah, the right that's time. That's about the right time. Goody, goody. And probably some more as well. Excellent. Right, now, Hazard uh, definitely gets a nomination. I think Fabregas clearly has to. I mean, I, I was really impressed with his performance. Uh, people who say he didn't perform that well, I'm, I'm amazed yeah, at really. Got caught in possession well. a few times. Yeah. I think he's got to rid he, himself He conducts that. things, though. I like the way he orchestrates it all. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, top, player, top, top player. But now, uh, the other thing is, I mean, you know, it, Costa obviously gets nominated. If Costa doesn't win this hands down, I will, I will, I will eat this. <laughs> oh, Let's go. Please, That's a picture please, of Costa and Fabregas. That's Food beautiful. Fabregas! They're closing in on, I don't Naismith. know who that is. Is that Naismith. MacArthur? Isn't it Naismith? Uh, uh, MacArthur. Yeah, Place for Everton. Yeah. Not really that bothered. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, we have the results. I, I actually remembered that last week, if you were watching, you will remember that I forgot to go and get the results off the computer for the uh, the fannies. This week I have remembered, and they are here. I have written them down. And uh, before I reveal them to you, I was going to be a bit of a tease here, a bit like Chelsea, you know, tantalisingly out of reach. Uh, I'm going to ask the benches what they think before we actually vote for this. What do you reckon, benches? Costa. 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 You just, do you want a cup of coffee or something? <laughs> yes. All right. I think that's fairly unanimous, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that a Costa Lotta? Costa Lotta. Oh. I think we're done with the coffee Sorry, gags. Sorry, I'm Costa Cutter. Shut up. No more coffee gags. <laughs> right. Um, the results are, in reverse order, 3% for Fabregas. Uh, 7% for Eden Hazard. That means... So this means... 90%, 90% for Costa. It also means that 10% of your viewers weren't watching the game. Yeah. No, 10% of our viewers are allowed freedom of choice. Okay. Something we, we value particularly on this show. Because there's only a couple, he only had three shots of goal, didn't he, Costa, after all? So. No, no, I, I think fair enough, you know, vote for who you want to. It's, it's mm. personal, personal choice. All right, next up is, uh, is Chant of the Match. And uh, the Chelsea away uh, support were in fine voice, as always. Although I, I have to note, I do note, uh, there we go, look at that. By the way, the photographs tonight have been provided to us by the lovely Debs, who may well be uh, listening uh, and chatting with people in the Mixler chat room, as well as hopefully watching our ugly mugs on the telly. But that's a lovely photograph, Debs. But she, she's uh, provided us with the photographs tonight. Anyway, uh, yes, all but one very important person, he mm. who must not be named, or... Thanks to Stephen Mennery, I'm now, or actually Stephen renamed him the Reverend Dave. Uh, but anyway, he was not happy because he thinks that we spend too much time singing songs coating off other players, uh, opposition players and, and opposition managers or, or teams that we aren't even playing. And he, he was quite cross about this on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, and I suggested that actually what we should have is a CFC UK approved song sheet released in every issue of the fanzine. You know, and then Stephen Mennery said he should be called Reverend Dave, which I quite like. Um, I think he has some sort of a point. You know, it'd be nice to kind of have a lot more songs 
actually supporting the players. I mean, you lot will remember in the old days before a game, you would have a chant for every single play, every single yeah. Chelsea player. Yeah, you know, absolutely, it was wonderful. Yeah, so it's kind of a nice thing. And I worked it out. We've actually got in, we've got a song for all of them. We've got a song for every single player. You know, it doesn't matter if they're like Courtois, Thibaut, Courtois, whatever it is. Did we know. work out what checks is? Because I was saying that all very confusing. Sutton has got his hat on. Or no, no, other than that one. No. I think that one. Got got it should be clap, 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 check. That's yeah. what it should I be. I was. Yeah. It was something, you know, Peter, 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 check. Peter, check. Oh, there, yeah, yeah. I like that one. Is no, that I one, like that one. It? But Fabregas has got one. People out there might think that Fabregas doesn't <laughs> have a song, but uh, Pablo, who is not with us tonight, would be very cross with you for forgetting that he, in fact, came up with the Fabregas, Fabregas, celery is nothing to be scared of, which I think is great. But uh, anyway, should we talk about the nominations? Yes. Can I just say on on he who must not be named's point I, I get exactly what you're saying yeah. and, and it's really nice to hear the people the fans behind the team however I obviously sit on the other side of the ground to the away support most away games and it's just nice to hear a lot of noise from yeah. the way and to be honest it doesn't matter what they're singing it's just great to hear the noise I, you know I mean it's a very very difficult argument because number one all we want to hear is a lot of noise and actually what we also want to hear is uh, a collective noise. I think one of the troubles that we often have these days is that one lot over there starts singing a song yeah. and a lot yeah. over there starts singing a different song and it, it actually dilutes the effect that we're trying to create. Secondly, oh, sorry, thirdly, you know, football when I went as a kid, it was full of naughty behaviour and swearing and it was kind of accepted. That is how it was. You know, buy the ticket, take the ride. If you don't want to be exposed to that kind of behaviour and language, then go to the opera. Or go to Arsenal, um, you know. <laughs> so uh, you know that was it. You know, I remember Dad saying, "You're going to hear some really bad stuff today, um, but it's all right. Your mother doesn't come every week." No, no, no. You're going to hear some bad stuff today, but you know, don't repeat it. It's football, you know. Yeah. So people moaning about swearing and, and naughty songs. I, I think you know. Come on. I mean, I know it's. I, I, I know it's not nice, but it's kind of what it's always been like. There is obviously a line, isn't there? And, yes, you know, I think there is. Yeah. I, well, laws sit and things like that. Ra- racist chanting, obviously. Obviously, yeah. homophobic chanting. All, all, all those things. Yeah. Clearly, a big no-no. But you know, I mean, if we didn't sing. Uh, if you look through Chelsea's entire songbook, I, I'd say eighty percent of them have the F word in yeah. them at some stage. So I mean, you know. It's a bit, I think you just have to take it out of reality sometimes. Mm. Although I do take his point, and, and I, I share his view in many respects. Right, the nominations are, you'll be delighted to know. Uh, see, that I like, this is a song that doesn't have any swear words in it, and is a great song for getting everybody going. Guess what, can you guess what it is yet? Oh, actually, that's a bit naughty. Oh, no, don't get that. <laughs> take that one. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out, won't we? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's fine, we're good. I'll let you collect your thoughts after that faux pas it must be that chair I must put my didgeridoo away next Uh, time anyway come on can you guess what it is seriously Uh, what 10 men went to mow which I think is one of the the, that's a unique Chelsea song as well I always always like nominating I've always loved the fact that it's a song that you can sing when we're attacking and the opposition may have scored a goal by the time <coughs> you finish. That's true. Or five. Well, the match, the match <laughs> might finish. In fact, it might be next week. You know, by the time I've loved finished. the fact that we persist, and nobody else yeah, in the song. league will have, has a song as long as that. Five men went to score. Went to score at Everton. Um, okay, the second uh, nomination is. I like this. This has been nominated the other week too. But it's nice to see this come back. We were mm. talking. I liked your. It's a corner. Would you like that one? Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. It, it doesn't get a nomination. But I just oh, saying no, I like no, thank it. You, I'm just saying, do you like, like it? Yeah, but yeah. it's like ole, 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 yes. ole, Chelsea. I heard that loudly. Yeah. There is a, a vine, I think, is with Walter Otten on it, doing that at the end of the game when the players come over. Mm. So it's good, make, isn't it? Yeah, it's good it's to have that back. Good. But the final nomination, which is a bit naughty, but I think it has to be done, mm. 
Obviously, there's a bit of an issue with Lukaku, isn't there? You know, I mean, he wasn't good enough. He, he bottled it, let's be honest. And then he went around gobbing off for most of the summer. Mm. And I'm sorry, you know, whilst it is a Chelsea tradition to always applaud and love players that have played for them, there are exceptions when you gob off and start saying stupid things. And I'm afraid Lukaku is going to be in that camp. Now, I know that this song was sung before he cupped his ear at the fans when Everton scored. Um, but I think it was quite funny that he got the Chelsea reject treatment followed up by yeah. Fernando Perhaps. Torres, he's, he's better than you, than you. <laughs> which I think says it all. And yeah. I actually quite like the double irony in that because I think that was actually quite a supportive of Fernando Torres as well. Uh, ish. <laughs> ish. Uh, well, yeah, sort discuss of. in a 2,000-word essay to be delivered to me oh. by next week. Oh, um, but there we go. So those were the nominations. Um, Benches, what do you reckon? Would you like any of those? Yeah, I like the Torres one. Torres. 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 Yeah. You're, you're all speaking in one voice this week. <laughs> we should get you in the away end more often. Right. Can I chip in just before we have the, the, the results with uh, one that comes up every week? Every Premier League ground, it seems, whenever there's a, a scout side there. And it's our Denver Bar, Steve Gerrard one. Mm. And even some Evertonians were joining in mm. on Saturday, which was nice to see. And I like it too. I think a lot of people are getting bored of it now. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, there's quite a reaction on Twitter about it afterwards, saying, oh, for God's sake, why are we always singing it? Well, because it's funny. It's and funny. You clearly don't have a sense of humour. <laughs> that would be my answer. Right, the results are, okay, in reverse order, Fabregas, uh, no, that's the Guinness <laughs> moment. Uh, 8% for 10 men went to Mo, so that's a bit of a dig for Chidge there. Uh, 19% for Ole, 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 Chelsea. Which means, of course, uh, people with a sense of humour have voted for Fernando Torres. He's better than you. 64%. Pretty conclusive, I think. Yeah, I like Are you that. happy? Yeah, very happy. Yeah. You don't look it. Well, I'd, I'd have gone for Ole personally. Because it's so good. He's happy. Joy. If Jonathan's well, happy, we're all happy, Sam. Yeah, yeah. You know how it works. It's like JT and Big Pete. All right, we've got to move on because I'm waffling on and we're running out of time. Now, Guinness moment. The nominations for the Guinness moment were, again, a massive, massive choice this week. But I've hopefully uh, nailed it down to the ones that matter most. And they are uh, Fabricus's pass to Costa for the first goal. I just thought that mm. was just so classy. Yeah, to see I, it. Sexual. Yeah. It really was. I went, ooh. Yeah, to seriously. see it in the first, what, 34 seconds of the game? Like, but at the end of that... You know, they'd had the ball for like, you know, the whole time. Pass, 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 pass. But that was just... There's only one winner in this, though. I know what it's going to (laughs) be. Well, in fact, I won't read it out next, then. I will read out the next one, which is... And I think this definitely gets a shout. uh, And that's Courtois' uh, save from Morales, which Seb pointed up earlier. Superb. World-class save. television never showed shot straight on It really was, because I I thought that was going in. I I, I didn't see it live. It's only when I saw the replay that I saw the ball deviating. Quality, mate. Quality. Uh, but as uh, Dan has already alluded to, there can only be one serious nomination this week. I mean, the sight, the sight for a start of Mikel herring <laughs> over the halfway line was enough to make me get moist. I, I think I'll, I'll leave it at that. I couldn't believe it. And I, I actually also love the fact that every media outlet said, oh, no, it was Drogba or it was William, or anybody but Mikel. <laughs> they couldn't bring themselves to give poor old John Obi Mikel credit for this. I think this was a basic error by Mourinho to send him on the pitch without the bungee straps attaching him to his own goalpost. Yeah. I did actually w- wonder for a minute whether that was going to happen and he'd like, <laughs> catapult him back again. But not only does he hair up there like, like you know, 
I don't know, like a, a man possessed, I suppose. I refuse to accept it every time I watch it. Yeah. But no, it can't <laughs> be. It can't be. Well, that's what the media did. Yeah. You know, but and then you got that back heel, the back heel mm. pass to Costa. Back heel on the move. On the move. Yeah. It was just sublime. Nigeria's number 10, don't you? Yeah. John <laughs> Obi Mikel, Nigeria's no, number no, no. 10. <laughs> doesn't, no. It needs a bit of work, doesn't yeah. it? But I mean, a fantastic moment. I'm delighted for him. And I mean, Costa's goal was superb, too. I mean, you know, yeah. dumping Distan on his mm. rear end was. With was the brilliant. lollipop. As I mean, I, I, with a, lo- a little lollipop at the end there. I mean, I could have nominated that. But I mean, Mikel. I mean, it has to win it. Am, am I right here? Am I right? Am I right? Yeah. Benches? Yeah. Hundred percent. And you're. Has somebody fed you something tonight? <laughs> like, you know, because you're agreeing with me on everything. I don't know what's going on. Right. You'll be very relieved to know that the results are in, and they are in reverse order, as always. Fabricus is passed to Costa's first goal, twelve yeah. percent. Uh, Courtois saved from Morales, eighteen percent. So that was it. Was mm-hmm. it was given due credit? I think, mm-hmm. which means that Mikel's back heel to Costa. <laughs> A stonking 70%, and therefore John Obi McKell gets a genius moment. I'm delighted for you, John Obi McKell, and I'm sure you'll be very grateful for that. Right, last but by no means least, uh, the salary moment. Uh, again, there the, could have been hundreds of nominations of various types, but I've nailed it down to my three personal favourites, as I tend to do, Jonathan. <laughs> and therefore inviting disagreement. You've got the... Uh... Yeah, I've got the script. The script. So what and can they do? In the, sitting in the chair. All right, okay. I mean, let's get the obvious one out there first, shall we? Which is... Look at them. <laughs> they look like, they look like meerkats, don't they? They look like meerkats. <laughs> I was a slumping meerkat. <laughs> well, you, yes, you're an old uh, meerkat. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I'll help you out. Costa goading Coleman for the own goal. I mean, oh, come on. Schoolboy error, boys. Uh, the second one... Uh, 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 the post-match, well, I think it was, yeah, it was post-match on Sky. They had Idika Johnson on, mm-hmm. uh, obviously talking to JT, and JT dedicated the win to Dickie Attenborough, mm. which I thought was lovely. Fantastic. So I think that's proper chels. I, I like that. Uh, and finally, 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 there you go, there's JT, looking lovely. And, and actually, that's really quite fitting, because the other, the other nomination that I personally selected is the yellow kit. Yeah. It like being... It. It being that the salary moment is something redolent of the old days, it's old school, it's proper chels. For me, the yellow kit is proper chels. We haven't lost in the yellow kit since, since 2000, like 2001. Yeah. 2001. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I the, I've been reading up Charlie's the blue wing yeah, collar. Yeah. It's, it's a mm. bit Clive it's, Walker, a yeah, bit. It is, isn't it? It is very much so, absolutely. All they have to do Ray Wilkins, maybe. All they have to do now, Dan, is go the whole hog and bring in the blue shorts to go with it. Yeah. You know, because that would be proper for me. That made sense because it was a, it was kind of a reverse of the other one. It actually wasn't at all. Do you remember when they, they wore white and, and blue? Blue uh, shorts. That yes. Was period as well. And, like and also get a small winger to have a, an enormous, great big bleached barnet, like yeah, I've right. and, and, and a bald patch. <laughs> so and you're, you're going to be telling Eden he's got to do this. And Will, <laughs> William should grow his hair out and then get it cut shorter on top mm. and then like flying away and doing Ian Britton. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I would like that. I would like that. You know, and may, maybe Costa could grow his hair out and a beard and, and look a bit like Mickey Droy. Yeah. You know, mm. but. I, I do love the yellow kit, and as as you said, I mean we haven't lost. Since, is it really true that we haven't lost since two? Probably because we've only played in it about three times. Yeah, two thousand and one. Well, two, uh, well, and, and the and the FA Cup against Everton, funny yeah. enough. Mm. But I mean, I, I, we started a campaign about this a few years ago, saying we want the yellow away kit back because we were f- that awful green. Uh, was it luminous green thing we had? Fluorescent, fluorescent you know, yellow. Awful, yeah. thing we had. At Derby, I remember, they, they oh. kept passing to the stewards. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's nice to see the old yellow kit back, and, I, and it warmed the cockles of my heart, not least because I, I hate the black kit, because mm. yeah. you know, I think we always lose in the black kit. There's something, there's something quite juju about the black kit. There really is. I don't like it. Don't like it. Yeah. Don't wear the black kit. 
It doesn't make sense. But the yellow one's all right. OK, benches, are you agreeing with me on this? What did you vote for? Yellow kit. Hang on, one at a time, please. <laughs> uh, yellow kit. Yellow kit. You voted for the yellow kit for the, for the uh, salary moment? Yeah. I I'm liking it. that. I think it's just great seeing you know, a proper away kit. OK, uh, it's no. It's rubbish they've you know, popped the last few years. Proper away kit. I'm really surprised, I'm, but delighted, as it was my own personal nomination, that one. But the results, the results are in. They are. No need to wait anymore. They're I'm here. not surprised. Are you surprised? No. No. Why are you not surprised? Because they're written down. Okay, yeah, because I went out there. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a killjoy, aren't you? Sorry. You're a karma chameleon. Oh, clever. Karma chameleon. Oh, karma killer, more like. Okay. Uh, right, okay, the results are in, and in reverse order, they are, sorry boys, on the benches, uh, the yellow kit only got 14%. Shame. I know. Fixed. But that's why you're on the benches, because you know me, you see, and you, you knew that that's what I would have picked, so there you go. Um, in second place, John Terry dedicating the win to Dickie Attenborough. Uh, that got 32%, and uh, that means this week's winner of the celery moment is Costa goading Coleman on his own goal. Mm. I have to say, I, I do approve of that. I've got to be honest. Can I just add something? I just want to say thank you for Everton for wearing black helm bars as well, because they didn't have to. Well done, Seb. That is a very, very yeah, good point. Actually. Very true. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't want to get a bit of a slave for this, but mm. I think Everton are a pretty decent club. I yeah. mean, they're, yeah. they're not called the People's oh. Club for nothing. You know. And I love the uh, the theme tune when they come on. Said cars, after, isn't it? No, after that one. It, uh, it's a grand old theme to oh, play yeah, yeah, It's yeah. a grand old theme to zip hard. And if you love your history, it's enough to make your heart go... I think you're on the wrong show, mate. Yeah, well, <laughs> she'll be like that somewhere else. Think, hey, I'm a toughie. Are toffee, you auditioning for something tonight? Or what? <laughs> uh, Ken Dodd is here tonight. He yeah. He's coming in later. Yeah. But they are. They're a decent club. Mm. And I mean, I, I think maybe it's because they, they, they kind of succeed in comparison to the other lot down the road and who are universally loathed. Mm. Uh, I think maybe that's what helps. But uh, they are a decent club. I had a really good post, actually, on the website um, by, by a lad. And it's really interesting. Most clubs make comments on our websites that are absolutely poisonous and vitriolic. We got some really nice comments from them about, you know, you, you absolutely mullered us. Good luck. You know, you should do really well. Anyway, I'm waffling on, as always, because we've got to go to a break. And after the break, we are going to be having a chat with the lovely Jason Burt from the Sunday Telegraph. And we're going to be talking all about Chelsea's transfers this summer, which have been rather stupendous. And hopefully about financial fair play, too, because he's quite an expert on that. So we will see you in a few minutes. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Oh, yes! Footballfancast.com Oh, I got caught. I got caught. Caught leading the rabble in clapping. That's terribly bad news, isn't it? Right, I'm back. It's Stanford Chidge. And this, of course, is the Chelsea Football Fancast. We're delighted to be back. And I'm even more delighted that on the phone, uh, we've got the lovely Jason Burt, who, of course, is the Sunday Telegraph's football correspondent. And uh, Jason actually has, has always got quite a good inside track. On- Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. 
inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved blue boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. What's going on in Chelsea, but certainly behind the scenes, so I thought it'd be great to have a chat with him, uh, particularly in view of the fact that the transfer window, the transfer window shut yesterday, and uh, I'm sure he's got a lot to say. Jason, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Very appreciative of that. No problem. Um, I just want to kick off a couple of things because uh, the Telegraph was uh, talking about Martinez's comments on Costa not understanding the British culture. I mean, we were talking about this a minute ago, actually, on the show. And, and, and basically, you know, I have no problem with uh, the opposition players, you know, trying to wind somebody like Costa up, who we know has possibly got a dodgy temperament. So do you think it was a bit disingenuous by Martinez? Yeah, I do. I think it was basically to mask uh, the fact that his team had laying six goals at home. You know, I mean, Diego Costa's got every right to behave the way he wants in terms of, you know, on the pitch. He's a he's a great player. You know, he was he was goaded clearly during the game, and uh, he reacted in a way which was actually, you know, shows his sporting instinct, shows his desire to win. I don't think it was over the top at all. I think it just showed what a, what a competitor he is, and I think that Martinez was really reacting to the fact that his team had been badly beaten and. Uh, and masking that really as much as anything else. So I'd love to know what Seamus Coleman actually said to him as well. No, that's not come out yet, has it? Well, no, it hasn't. I'd, I'd love. We, we're all trying to figure out what uh, Diego Costa might have said to, to Seamus Coleman, and we've got Dan. Not Dan ten words of English, according to Jose Mourinho. So there well, can't be many words he said to him. We've got we've got Dan Levine on the show tonight, and, and Dan apparently had a chat with JT uh, the other week, yeah. and apparently Costa's learning his English from JT. So God only knows what Costa <laughs> might have said to Coleman. Yeah, I know. I spoke to Mourinho a while ago, and he, and he said, actually, that the, you know, Costa's got very, very limited English. And, uh, yeah, you hope he's not just learning some choice words, hopefully a bit more than that. Well, indeed. Uh, we, we kind of put it down as maybe barking vernacular or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the other thing, of course, uh, of note that happened for Chelsea this weekend uh, was uh, Loic Remy being transferred to the club that we're all pretty delighted by. Now, I know you wrote an article at the weekend saying that Arsenal were, were quite close to gazumping the deal. How how close were they, Jason? Not very, to be honest with you. I mean, I think what happened was that Chelsea acted very quickly, and it was an easy deal to do because there's a clear buyout clause in Low Premier's contract. And I think the key was to get Fernando Torres out out of the out of the building, basically. And once that deal was agreed, once obviously he had agreed to go without getting a payoff, which was a sticking point for some time, and that's partly why it's a two-year loan deal rather than the straight transfer. 
once that was agreed, then Chelsea acted very, very quickly. And Mourinho, to be fair to him, had said to the board that if they're going to do this, then fine, but move quickly. And it was a similar situation to the January window when Juan Mata was sold to Manchester United. Again, Mourinho went to them and said, OK, if you're going to do this, then act quickly. And to be fair to Chelsea, they did that again and allowed him to bring in more salary and people like that. So, you know, Chelsea acted very, very quickly. And I think Arsenal, I'm not quite sure what the game was with Arsenal because Loic Remy made it quite clear over the course of the last few months that he was quite keen to go to Arsenal. They allowed him to then basically negotiate a deal with Liverpool, which fell through on the medical. And then he'd left in limbo and Chelsea awaiting there. And it was the obvious deal to be done in terms of a second striker to bring into a club. Remy would do it. His personal demands weren't too great. And I think by the time that Arsenal went in on Saturday, it was too late. The deal was agreed. I got a text from somebody at Chelsea saying, yes, Arsenal have come in, but it's too late. The boy is ours. Mm, interesting. I mean, I, I, I've, been, I've, I've actually been very, very impressed uh, with the way that Chelsea have done their business this summer. And actually, you, you could go back a little bit before that. I mean, you mentioned uh, the Matter deal and so forth. But I think they've been hugely, hugely impressive with the speed and efficiency in which they've concluded their business this season. And then again, you know, getting the Remy deal sorted out when we needed to, when Torres had to go. I mean, I would imagine you would agree with that. Yeah, I think Chelsea have had a very good 12 months. And it's partly because, to be fair to Mourinho, you know, he's come back into the club. There are tensions. There are always tensions. A club like Chelsea, it's, it goes with the territory because obviously demands are so high in terms of achieving and doing well. He wanted certain things that didn't happen initially, but obviously during the course of the last 12 months, they've pretty much given him everything he wanted. You know, I mean, they've plugged all the holes that are in the squad. They've looked at all the weaknesses. And the deals they've done, you know, Chelsea have had a very good year, year and a half in terms of ringing out very good value in the transfer market. Everyone talks about, obviously, I mean, the Matter deal was, was a superb deal for them financially. The Matic deal, Chelsea were worried about how that was portrayed because obviously they'd sold this player for very little bought him back for a lot. But people forget in the same window they also bought they also sold Kevin De Bruyne and made an awful lot of money on that. Mm. This window they made an awful lot of money on Lukaku. They're doing very, very well at ringing value out of all the deals at the moment. So fair play to Mike and Manala, who a lot of people are very critical of, including myself, but actually in the last couple of years he's done very, very well in terms of the market. And I think that's partly because Chelsea in a position of strength in buying and selling. They're not in a crisis in terms of having to do deals. And they're doing deals quite... I mean, for example, the Diego Costa deal, the Felipe Luis deal, they were done quite early. There were deals they, they knew they were going to get done. They were in the market of one. Nobody else was going to get going to dump them. Sometimes when a club like Chelsea goes in for a player, other people back off. And it had a little bit of that with low in the last weekend because once Arsenal knew the deal was so far progressed, they then backed off. On Sunday morning, you have Arsenal claiming they didn't actually go in for him, didn't actually trigger the club. <laughs> well, they did. They did go in for him mm. on Saturday night. But it was too late. You know, it's a fair play to Chelsea. They've done very, very well in the market. The converse of that, the flip side of that, is now they have to deliver. And they are doing that so far, but this is a big season in terms of actually doing something. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And, and, I, and I'm sure that, that Jose is aware of that. It's really interesting that you, you, you picked up uh, on Michael Emanalo there, Jason. Because I was going to say, I mean, how much does Emanalo... Uh, you know, deserve, I mean, in terms of credit for, for the transfer policy over the last couple of seasons. The reason, the reason I say that is that, you know, three, three or four years ago, I, I would have said completely the opposite because there seemed to be absolutely no uh, strategy in our, in our transfer plan other than to buy, you know, quite flamboyant and flair players with some kind of mad plan to play Cavalier Tikataka. But that seems to, you know, with Jose's arrival, that seems to have changed somewhat. And I, there seems to be a real plan and strategy. And I, I just wondered how much credit uh, Emanalo deserves as yeah. part of that. 
to a certain extent, but I think what's really helped Chelsea is Mourinho's coming back into the club because, I mean, Bruce, I was, I remember Bruce Buck said at the Leeds of Football Conference last season, you know, if you do remember the start of last season, everyone was very unhappy about one matter being left out of the team. Now, Bruce Buck turned around and said to us, look, you know, you can't criticise me because it's Mourinho's decision. The, the fans have to criticise Mourinho. And to say to Jose, he made a very hard-headed decision about the way he wanted his team to play. Juan Mata was too indisciplined. He was he was too slow, really, to the way that Chelsea wanted to play. So he had to move him out of the out of the club. Mourinho has been very very clear with the club about what he wanted. You know, the players he wanted. I think last summer he was a little bit frustrated. It didn't happen quicker than it did. But in the last, I say, the last twelve months, they really have got the got themselves in gear. And Manolo in particular, has done well in terms of selling players. And that's really... There is an argument. I think one of the things I want to touch on is the number of players on, that Chelsea have got out on loan. There is an argument that Chelsea are actually farming players to a certain extent now to get value out of the market. If you look at the number of first-year appearances some of their players are making to then be sold on, it's very, very small. They've got 26 players, I think, at the moment out on loan. There is an argument that a lot of those players will get nowhere near the first team. So, okay, okay, they're running it as a business, which is fine, but you wonder whether or not, you know, is that really good for the game? I'm not 100% sure, but in terms of good for Chelsea as a club, yes, of course it is, because they're actually now making the, the books balance. I think that's a really interesting point, actually, Jason. And, and you know, I've, I've, uh, a, a friend of mine uh, wrote an excellent blog in, uh, on, a, on a, a, Chelsea, a Chelsea website called Plains of Almeria a few weeks ago, but... I mean, one of the, the interesting stats that I picked up from that is that in the, this is a bit, bit nerdy, so I apologise for this, but in the 2014 edition of what they call the IBWM 100, all I know about that is it's a list of the best young footballers in the world, apparently. But apparently Chelsea had seven players on that list, which is far more than anybody else, including the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid. And, and it seems to me that, you know, we, we get a lot of stick, as you can imagine, from, from particularly opposition fans saying... You know, that we're ruining the game, we buy all these young players and none of them get into the team. And in fact, a lot of our own supporters get a bit brassed off for the fact that there never seems to be, you know, any young players who break through into the side. But I think there may be another way of looking at it. And that is that, you know, what Chelsea are doing is that they're actually buying a lot of these superbly, you know, talented young players quite cheaply. They may have a chance to break into the side if they're good enough. If they're not good enough... Uh, they get shipped out, and that actually funds the investment into the world-class players like Diego Costa as and when we need them. Yeah, I mean, when, when Frank Arneson was running that side of the business, Chelsea were losing money. I mean, they, they, they spent quite heavily. They bought... Oh, have we lost Jason there? OK. Can you try and get him back? And uh, I just wanted to ask Dan a question about this anyway, but... Uh, that, I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you agree with that point, Dan, about this little idea that, you know, this kind of a hedge fund strategy with... Uh... That's, that's absolutely what the strategy quite clearly is, that <clears throat> Chelsea have decided we're, we're going to take on financial fair play in a certain way, we're going to invest heavily in, in youth, and we're going to make that youth work for us, mm. not just on the pitch, but also off it in terms of bringing in cash. I mean, you know, I, un- I understand, you know, how, how a lot of supporters feel, partic- particularly of our, our generation, I, I mean, all of us, sorry, Seb, you know, you're the, young, the younger one, so it may not apply. In fact, it'd be interesting to hear what you think about this mm. in a minute. But, you know, we grew up with Chelsea sides in the 70s, which were predominantly made up of players who, who came through from the youth. And there's always been a huge affection for any player that breaks through into the full side from the youth team. So for us lot, it's quite hard to look at that strategy and think anything good of it. But we live in a different world. 
We do, and the world, the world, as you say, has changed. And if you look at look at what the England team did at the last World Cup, you can see where the value is in English players. Not very high at the moment. Well, clearly not. Well, well overvalued is, is the answer. Well, well back going for 16, 16 million, million to Arsenal is, is pretty ludicrous. positive of that, isn't it? Um, but but if you look at all the the other teams at the top end of the Premier League and you know, the big teams, how many youth products are there in, in the Man United first team now? The answer is none. Now Welbeck has gone. Mm. How many are you know, Arsenal always held up as great paragons of virtue in this area? They haven't got many. Arsenal produced players no, that have come through. They haven't. And of course, that all gets complicated with the, uh, the, the qualification rules now. I, I believe we got you back on the line, Jason. Hi, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm there. Uh, sorry about that. Gremlins in the works, no doubt. We were just, just, just to pick up on what we were saying about the youth development, um, you know, it is hard for us as supporters to get around the fact that you might not see many young players getting into the side. But, you know, on the other hand, one can see the, the, the financial sense in it. And if it does fund players like Costa, then. I, there, there's much to commend it. I mean, are Chelsea quite ahead of the game here? In terms of? Well, in terms of, of using this clearly as a strategy, you know, basically, you know, find young talent, buy it cheaply, see if we can develop it. If they're good enough, they break in. If they're not, we sell them quite often for a considerable profit. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a hard-headed business decision behind it. And I think the club is very clear that it will comply with FFP. And it, and it wants to make, it wants to turn a profit now. I mean, obviously, Roman Bramwich is invested an awful lot of money in Chelsea over the last decade and, and fair play to him for, for doing that. But the club is trying to be run on business lines now and wants to break even at least or make, or, or make money in the market. And I think that it's had a situation where it's so, so powerful, as are some of the other clubs in England, but it's so powerful that it can, that it can do this. Now, the, the danger is, and I just heard a little bit of what you were saying there, you talk about Manchester United and Arsenal, OK, fine, you know, Manchester United are in danger of throwing away something that's been theirs for quite a long time. I think it was 1936, the last time since they didn't have a youth team player in their ranks. And the way they're going at the moment, they're getting away from that. Arsenal refer to them are trying to get back to that with an English core. I think one thing that Chelsea, you know, has been beaten over the head with the last few years is the fact that John Terry is the last product, really, of that, of that sort of youth development and coming through the ranks. I think that still does bother the club, that he's only, the only one who comes through. And I think the, the, the crying shame at Chelsea is Josh McEachern. McEachern never hasn't isn't isn't going to make it for them. He mm. was the one they hoped to, and then you talk to other people around the game, and they say one of the problems with that is partly because a club like Chelsea they do pay an awful lot of money very young for players. So you think, well, are these players hungry enough to succeed? Lukaku is Belgian, obviously. He's an interesting case. Chelsea paid an awful lot of money for him. They brought him in, and he never really he felt he never really got a chance. But also, people we talk to people around the club, they never felt he had the right attitude. Yeah. So you wonder what the problem is there with that sort of thing. And I don't know if it's the problem with the players or problem with the setup or, or whatever, but Chelsea are doing an awful lot of good work. They've got a fantastic academy, a great youth setup, but they really could do with bringing through one or two players into the team. I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree with a word of that, Jason. And, and as I said, I mean, you know, as supporters, there, there is nothing better for us Absolutely. than seeing yeah. a, a young... I mean, you know, Dan, uh, Jonathan and myself, we're, we're all getting a bit long in the tooth. So, you know, we remember the 70s when a lot of the players that played for Chelsea then had come through the youth ranks. So, and they, they always, we always have a lot of affection for players that do, but yeah, we, we were reflecting on that and actually said, well, actually, yeah, but we now live in 2014 and yeah. it's a very, very different world. So, you know... No, it's absolutely right. And you work in the global market as well. So you've got to get the best players from all around yeah. the world. And nobody can turn around and say that, you know, Chelsea, for example, haven't strengthened over the summer with the players they brought in. Mm. I mean, you know, Fabregas, 
Costa, Philippe Luis, they are very, very good signings. Like Remy and Courtois coming back into the club, that is a much stronger squad. And you think, well, actually, you know, if you're not good enough, then you're not going to make it at a club like Chelsea. Maybe you should be trying to make it at a club like Fulham or Stoke City or something. You know, and then move on to a club like Chelsea or Manchester United. You know, t- talent you hope, or cream will come to the top. I mean, I, personally, I, I go the other way a little bit and think it, I would like to see quotas. I would like to see, to some degree the opportunity for young British players to be more involved in first teams mm. at the top clubs. But that's a bigger argument. And uh, yeah, and a, and a very long one too. I'd love, to see, I'd love to see something like that happen myself, but I wonder if it ever will. Um, just talking of, uh, of some of the outs that we've had, obviously Torres has is, is, is not kind of been sold, but he's definitely, I would say right, that... He'll never play for Chelsea well, again. Exactly. I think we've seen the last of him in a, in a Chelsea show. I mean, how, how do you think Torres' time at Chelsea will be judged? Absolute disaster. <laughs> you know, I think personally, I mean, okay, he's one of the, he, he, I say absolute disaster. The guy was on 175, 80,000 pounds a week. He's won the Champions League, won the Europa League. It's hardly a disaster. But in terms of what it did for him, I mean, I've never seen anyone as unhappy at a football club as Fernando Torres. It just did not work from day one. And he's seen off a number of managers, partly because of the way it didn't work. Mm. You talked to Carlo Ancelotti under Villas Boas. Even Di Matteo, to a certain extent, it just didn't work. It didn't work. It, all, it almost felt, to a certain extent, a cursed deal. You know, it's one of those deals that you know Chelsea were desperate to do for such a long time, and then it happened, and it just didn't work. And it was a real crying shame. They didn't work for everyone, and especially you know for the club as well as the player, because they gave him every opportunity to try and thrive. And they tried to make it work for him. They tried to change things. And it just, you know, the body language, the demeanour, everything was wrong. I think, to be honest with you, physically, he's never been the same since he had a very serious injury at Liverpool. Yeah. He never recovered. And I think he had mental scars as well as physical scars. And I think Chelsea bore the brunt of that. And it's good that he's moved on now. I think it had to happen. The irony is that if you talk to anyone at Chelsea about it, they're incredibly protective about Torres. You'll be very careful what you say about him. You know, it's almost like he was a little bit like he couldn't go there. And even last Friday, Chelsea was still trying to play this game, saying Torres had to ask to leave. I made a phone call at somebody at four o'clock and was told Torres has to ask to leave. The deal was done. He was going. They wiped him out the door. You know, and yeah. I, I, I can't understand why it was such a sensitive issue around the club because it was best for everyone that he's moved on. Well, I mean, it's an interesting point, actually, Jason. Why, why do you think they were so sensitive about it? Because was it because, because they spent so much money? But it was all down to the fact that it was Roman's personal choice. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. 100% categorically, Roman Abramovich saying, I spoke to Carlo Ancelotti about it. In that January window, he just wanted David Luiz. Everyone says David Luiz was Roman Abramovich's signing. He wasn't. It was Carlo Ancelotti's signing. Mm. He wanted David Luiz. All he wanted was David Luiz. He did not want Fernando Torres in January window because he knew it was the wrong time to sign the player. He wasn't sure about the player. Physically, he thought the player wasn't right. It would disrupt the, the setup of the club. It would yeah. disrupt the squad. And they never got back onto it again. It all went downhill from there. And I remember Andre Villas-Boas' first pre-season game in Malaysia. I was there, asked him the question. Torres had a poor game. You, and he said to me, you are obsessed by Fernando Torres. And to a certain extent, he's right. Because we, we all became obsessed by Fernando Torres. It just did not work for anyone at Chelsea or the media. And it was just a very, very difficult relationship from start to finish. And, you know, Roman Bramwich was well aware of this. And he was, he didn't, he never, ever, ever told a manager of Chelsea to play Fernando Torres. They questioned why they didn't play him. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, I, you know, I think, I think that even if I, it sounds like we're patting ourselves on the back, I think the Chelsea supporters uh, should have a lot of credit, actually, because they were incredibly supportive of Torres throughout his Chelsea career, in spite of, you know, watching a horror show 
unfold for most you of it. You almost wore it as a badge of honour, though, didn't you, because of the yeah. criticism, which is fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you support your player. I mean, I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. You know, I mean, it was, and it was horrible to watch. It was. Times, you know, because there was almost visibly, you see a guy disintegrating yeah. in terms of confidence before you arrive. You're thinking, this isn't the player who is so amazing for Atletico Madrid and amazing for Liverpool. You're thinking, why, why is this not happening for him? And we, we you desperately, know, it was very strange. Yeah. And we desperately wanted him to succeed. But Absolutely. I think, yeah. you know, just to put a lid under that, uh, Jason, I think, you know, as, as you said, it's, it's better for both Chelsea, Arsa and him that he moves away. And, and honestly, I wish him all the best because I don't think anybody deserves to go through what he's been through in the last few years. But there you go. Jason, we've got to, we've got to go, I'm afraid, my friend. But thank you so much for spending some no time worries. with us. And thank you so okay. much for your insight as well. OK, take care. Not at all. Thanks, mate. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. I love it when we, we get conversations with these journalists. They know their stuff and then some. Now, after the break, we will be back for us to talk about Torres and say adios, Fernando Torres. We'll see you in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Well, there we go. I'm Stanford Chidge, and this, of course, is the Chelsea Football Fancast, which is turning in. I mean, I think we're becoming, you know, a bit, a bit Radio Four, mate. You know, forget Radio Mental. This is very slick. That was. You know, I mean, all these lovely people like Jason Burr. I'm just like, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I might, I might, I might uh, be up for a Sony Award this year, actually, as a result of this. What can we do to bring it down to the usual level of? Uh, <laughs> bring Dr. Mark back. Next <laughs> oh week. yeah, perfect. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, that was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. And uh, thank you very much, Jason, for joining us. It really does. It's so fascinating, isn't it, listening to what these guys have to say. Anyway. Terrific point about Torres he was making. Well, it's it's a good segue there, Jonathan, because I I thought, you know, we should do our own little bit of, you know, uh, (coughs) memories of Torres and stuff, really, and and kind of analyse what happened. And Mm -hmm. and I will will kick kick the ball, uh, you know, Towards our uh, direction. Yeah, not, not, know, over the bar and out of the stadium. Shall I kick it, everybody? It sounds like something off Rainbow, doesn't it? No, I won't <laughs> kick it. Um, no, I'll start the ball rolling, really. I mean, oh, dear me, where does one start? I mean, it had to happen, didn't it? He had to go. Yeah, Seb? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, it was, well, personally, I don't think we should have bought him in the first place. Um, I'd say a year before we bought him, he was already gone. He'd, that, like Jason was saying, that knee operation... Benitez, well, I sorry, should not say his it name. It was Hodgson. Hodgson was the manager yeah. when, when, I mean, yeah. and I agree with you on this. I mean, I've heard tell, I mean, Dan might, mm. might have a bit of insight, inside yeah. track on this, but I heard that we didn't do the medical yeah. thoroughly. Liverpool knew he had such a bad injury. They waited so long so that Chelsea could not do a full medical on Torres. Yeah. So we'd have to buy him. Are you saying that they mugged us off, Seb? Heaven forbid no. that the Scousers would but, ever do anything no. like that. But if it was the uh, the the, um, the owner's choice, mm. it's, it's, if, well, if, if he fueled yeah. it, which was the rumour at the time, he's confirmed the rumour. Yeah. We all thought this yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we thought that was one of the reasons that Di Matteo had gone, wasn't it? Because he refused yeah. to play him in that game. Could yeah. uh, possibly be right. Yeah. 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 But, Sorry, go on. I was going to say, I've just felt slightly... Um, a very tricky subject actually talking about him. If I slagged mm. him off, I always felt slightly... 
Or am, am I doing like kicking the, a puppy, am I, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but am I doing the also? Am I doing the club down in some way? Yeah. Because we were so much behind him. There was it, it, there was such a, a desire yeah. for him to do well. Yeah. You always thought you'd come back every season. Somehow there would be yeah. a change in him. Yeah. And of course, in reality, as as uh, as um, as he said, it was uh, it was disastrous. Yeah. He was never ever good enough, and it held us back. <laughs> but um, when he f the first goal against West Ham, I don't think I've ever heard such a noise at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> The kind of elation, the just the relief that he'd scored. Uh, I mean, hit a puddle and went in, and it deflected. Whatever. I thought that's what the puddle deserved that goal. <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Didn't it get an assist? No. Yeah. But, I mean, no, well, Torres was the assist. The yeah. puddle scored <laughs> that's it. Right, yeah. But he scored what I think forty-five goals in one hundred and seventy-two games. Twenty league goals. Yeah. Oh, I've got the stats here, oh, oh, gentlemen. Oh, oh. No, I have. I have. Okay. I have. How much is it per goal? Per <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not bright enough to work that out. Would you like to know? I mean, it's, actually, this is a good thing. I mean, yeah. personally, I don't think he's. You know, as always with most things, the truth always lies somewhere in between. And I don't think he was quite as bad as people would have you make out. I mean, he was a disaster in terms of the Fernando Torres who was banging in goals for fun at Liverpool and was probably the best striker in the world. Mm. He was a disaster in those terms. But if you set him against other strikers that have played for Chelsea, then but I don't the, think he's somewhere yeah. in the middle. But we pursue excellence and he shouldn't, he shouldn't have been playing for us. For me, the worst, the worst thing, as I said, I said to Jason, for me, the worst thing is to, you know, watch a player mentally disintegrate publicly for three years. I, I hope I never have to see that with a player at Chelsea again because it's an awful thing to watch. You know, you support your players, you want them to do well. Yeah. You particularly wanted him to do well because uh, he was such a great striker when he was at Liverpool, and just to see. The pain, he, mental torture he was clearly going through was an awful thing to see. And as I said, I think, you know, big up to the Chelsea support, who, on the whole, have been incredibly supportive. But, but we're good at that. We were good at that with Kesman. We were. Baldrick. Yeah, he yeah. was awful. But we it's were. one of my favourite Chelsea teams, though, when we had Lord Percy, Cavallio <laughs> and Baldrick <laughs> Kesman playing for us. Well, apparently I'm supposed to look like, aren't I, Cavallio? You look a bit Tim McInerney. Yeah, thank you. Actually, yeah. you do. Yeah, I know him actually. Poor man's Tim McInerney. Yeah, very poor man. I know Tim McInerney. Do you too. know him as well? Yeah. We'll compare Name notes off. Anyway, welcome back to Love and Chat. He does this. He lures me in like some kind of twisted Svengali. Every show, he kind of lures me off to Lovey Land. I'm your trilby. Bring me back, real football people. But scoring, you're my trilby. But he scored what? Forty-five goals. Is that right? Do you want the stats? One hundred and seventy-two appearances. 45 goals. Seb gets a biscuit for that, getting a stat right. Uh, 20 Premier League goals. Do I get a biscuit? Well, you said 20 Premier League. Yes, yeah, you do, get a biscuit yeah. too. Thank what are you going to get, John? I don't eat biscuits. Okay, <laughs> that's just as well. He scored three FA Cup goals, three League Cup goals, and 17 mm. European goals. Mm. That, that must make him one of our highest European scorers, Dan. But an awful lot of those European goals came in the Europa League and against sort of pants teams. They not count. They not count. They count. They count. Of course they count. He's got a great yeah. goal in the in the cup in the Europa League Cup final. What, oh, was yeah. a great goal. what would be interesting if you were to go through it? And I did it some years ago. and I got all sorts of stick for it. And if you counted out the number of goals that changed games, mm. yeah. and there are very very few. Mm. People yeah. always obviously cite the fantastic goal that he scored in Camp Nou, which we all love, and I, I love no less than anybody else. But it didn't change the game. No. I mean, here's the thing, you know, with hindsight, you know, do you think the club would have, would have bought him with hindsight, with 2020 hindsight? I mean, clearly not, well, surely. Well, the thing is, you're dealing with a, a billionaire who wants to buy a toy. You know, he, he, he was 
you know, like a, a Klimt for Dasher, wasn't he, really? It's just something that he wanted to get, he had to get, and he decided he was going to get. As was He's more like, a, more like a primal scream, I think, you know, really. <laughs> yeah. To extend yeah. An Ed, the art an Edvard, analogy. An Edvard Munch. An Edvard Munch. Yeah. Yeah. But is it, it's a Shevchenko, again, it's, yeah. he has that ability. Do you think he's learnt now? I don't the, know, the I'm sorry, I, I've got to extend this art analogy. Surely it's more something from the surrealist movement, actually, that would be more appropriate. Is, is, is it a, a daily hanging who, clock? Or cubism? Man who Enough art. Wife for Jonathan, hat. bring me back away from the art. Don't take me down Lovey Lane, if you see what I mean. Yes, I, I, I can't really make a, a, um, an artistic analogy that would compete with that. So let's talk about, um, uh, would the, as I said, would the owner now be making the same error in demanding that we purchase uh, an even bigger Well, we didn't player. buy Falcao. Well, indeed we, we didn't, and I think that's why it changed. But also the thing to remember is that Mourinho was very good at shipping people out after a season who weren't yeah. in, the, in his first... Yeah, as um, he has done. As, and he's done it again. Yeah. So I actually never thought that Torres would last. I was actually bemused when he said, we're not doing any more signings. When was this? In June, I think he said it, June the 18th. I thought, oh and my God, was... does that mean we've got Torres again? Does that mean the owner has sway over Mourinho again? And then Surely. He, then he signed Drogba two days later. That's right, he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, that's a Mourinho signing, yeah. although, of course, well, Roman loves Drogba, doesn't he? Yeah, so what well, was that? Yeah. When, when, when uh, Drogba came on against Leicester, um, he got the, that standing ovation. From, even Roman oh, was, was, uh, <laughs> was standing up and <laughs> Rice Meyer as well, so it's, it's it's good leadership. That's the thing. Yeah, leadership totally. is especially I, with. Um, I think you can Armstrong. say. Sorry, I think you can say that he's learned. If that's the case, he's said yeah. to Mourinho, right? You, Mourinho shipped him out, and Mourinho. Sh- uh, oh, who was the fullback that Mourinho got rid of for the left back? Yeah, Del Horner. Yeah, oh. another perfect example oh, of uh, of he, he didn't he didn't shape up for Mourinho, mm. so he went. Kesman didn't shape up, mm. he went, mm. and I think this is the same. So, the, and this is Mourinho's side, and uh, we would hope, therefore, that the uh, the fact that Falcao isn't there. Uh, and there isn't suddenly a, a purchase of a of a of a striker who has dubious yeah. problems because Falcao's got a well, allegedly got a knee problem yeah. as well. Well, he did his cruciate in yeah. February. Dan, I mean, you know, it sounds like I mean, Torres is a cautionary tale, isn't he? I mean, do you think Roman's learned his lesson? I mean, I know we've been, we've been talking a little bit about that. Do you, do you think Roman will do this again? I think if you look at the way Chelsea have behaved during this transfer window, they seem a lot more sort of composed, a lot more corporate yeah. now. Yeah. There, there's a proper strategy in place, you know, buying in these people, shipping them out making money out of people and I think I think the club seems to do things for business and for successful reasons far more now than they did back then and the other thing is I mean you know wh- why didn't it work with Torres was it was it his injury was it confidence you know I think there was it all sorts of different reasons sorry to hold this um, but um, you know first of all he was brought in over the manager's head the manager didn't really want him the manager then made his own mistakes with him and, and I love Carlo but pitching him in that first game against Liverpool was not a great idea, I don't think. And from then on, he seems to have had a, a very strange mindset. I remember countless times standing in the corridor, of the tunnel at Stamford Bridge, waiting to speak to a, a player, never Torres. And Torres would always be the first one out of the dressing room on his own. He didn't appear to speak to anybody in the, in the team at that stage. And he didn't really des- develop much until you know he spoke to Luis a bit. You know, he had people who spoke Spanish around him, and that was about it. But he never seemed to make those... those um, uh, you know those relationships that, that a player needs to do Which in, in essential, a winning team. Yeah. They, absolutely. He wasn't very happy, was he? He clearly wasn't. And you know this all the way through. I just what the, the one of the, the main things I really remember is when we went to the Club World Cup in Japan, and uh, he came out, and, and there were people who'd flown halfway around the world, myself included. Mm to get a word with him among others and he spoke dutifully to the Japanese press where he has a massive profile he spoke to the Spanish press where he's speaking to his home people and he completely blanked the British press and as far as he was concerned the British press were to blame 
because we'd written things about how he wasn't wasn't playing well. Now, you know, chicken and egg thing here. You're the footballer, mate. Um, and there were just so many things that chipped away at the confidence. And as Jason said, you know, you, you've got to feel sorry for a guy in that position. Mm. Yes, he was on 175 grand a week, so not too not sorry. Not sorry, yeah. Yeah, but, but it just didn't work. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. I mean, it is quite, it is quite an, an amazing story when you look back on it, isn't it, Seb? However, I mean, there are, it's, it's, I had a, jo- a bit of a kind of a brainstorm with myself, which is not really a brainstorm, I accept, but it, it had to, it's a bit like having a selfie, but with your head. But I kind of wrote. I had a. I had a. I kind of like noted down, you know, Torres's key moments, and it is fascinating actually. You know, he's obviously somebody you know he's worked in film and stuff and, and written scripts. It, it lends itself to a comedy tragedy. You know, it is a. It's a, it's a com. A tracom as opposed to a rom com. Um, but anyway, um, maybe <laughs> maybe if Benitez had been here all the time, it would have been a rom-com, because clearly, you know, Tubby and him got on quite well, didn't they? It reminded me well, more of Titanic, if anything, yeah, to be exactly. honest. Uh, what, with, uh, with uh, Torres playing the Kate Winslet role, obviously, uh-huh. and uh, Rafa, Rafa Benitez <laughs> oh, as uh, Leo. The iceberg. Yeah. I love the fact that he failed miserably to get anything out of him at all. <laughs> couldn't get a tune out of him, couldn't get out of it. I loved it, because he was supposed he to be, you thought, oh, good. He's, yeah, he's been yeah. appointed. There, are, right, there are too many millions and not enough goals. Would you like Would you like to hear my, my, my the, 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 you know, this is Torres's career in a, in a kind of a you know a, a two-minute film, all right. Nervous home debut against Liverpool. I yeah. think that was a. I, I totally agree with you, Dan. Massively significant yeah. thing, wasn't it? He he basically pooped himself, didn't yeah, he, he? That got, day he got pushed to the ground. I think it scared all agar that day, and that was it. He, he really just yeah. He, he melted visibly. Yeah. The debut goal against West Ham, like yeah. you said, the biggest one of the biggest cheers I've heard at Stamford Bridge. There were. T- I mean, here's a barometer of great things that happen at Chelsea, whether they be great or not is that if a T-shirt comes out within a few days, you know, you, I mean, I remember, for example, you know, we're talking about Hasselbank's hat-trick against Spurs. We, we, we had beaten Spurs 4-0, 4-0, 4-0 in the space of about two weeks, if yeah. you remember, and, and there was T-shirts being printed, I was there for the 4x4, four four, or something <laughs> like that, you know, because we'd beaten somebody else 4-0 as well, I think. Torres had a T-shirt. I was there when Torres scored with the mm. date, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bobby Delcini, who, who's a great supporter of the show, he was there. He, he, he comes from Australia, and yet he witnessed Torres' goal. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the goal and the red card against Swansea, he was... Oh, no, sorry, before that, the horrendous miss against oh, Man U. Yeah. yeah, that was... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the size from the benches, they're visibly yeah. seeing it. Yeah. Um, the goal and the red card against Swansea, I mean, that was another turning point for me, because he was playing well. He looked as if he was playing better, start, didn't he? That's new right. season, yeah. gets sent off, and then yeah. he's out for three games just when the form's kicking in. Yeah. Uh, a hat-trick against QPR. That was his three goals in the FA Cup. They came in one match. Yep. It was a hat-trick against QPR, which you've got to love somebody for, you know. <laughs> but then again, it was QPR. And they were uh, in the, in the first division. Uh, then there's the, the winning corner in the Champions League final for Drogba's goal, the goal against Barcelona, which, mm. you know... I mean, if you, if you look at it, it cynically, whatever we spent on Torres, he paid back with that goal, arguably, against Barcelona. Mm. Well, I disagree. Well, because, because of Ramirez's sentimental. goal. No, no. Sentimentally. Yeah, sentimentally, yeah. We, 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 all, we all loved it. Yeah. Sentimentally, the corner yeah. as well. Well, you know what? Okay, if, if you give him half a point for that, you have to give him half a point for winning the corner that led to Drogba's yeah, goal. Yeah, you do. Yeah. No. Because we hadn't had any corners, had we? And that was the first attack was, that we had in the... Pretty in much the, our yeah. first attack that half, yeah, it was, as I remember. That's right. Not that I, re- I don't remember anything clearly about no, that but I'm funny enough, I remember that. I thought, oh, at least we've got a corner. It's just down below me. It's a corner. I bet you were the only one at 60 it's a corner. It's a corner. Um, and then there's, you know, he scored the opening goal in the Europa final, another yeah. trof- a trophy that we uh, picked up. Um, and then there was the passing to William at Anfield. Now, if he had scored that goal, the 2 0 last year, instead of passing it to William, 
But, a lot might have been forgiven. But why, why did he not score it? He's obviously still got a mental block about yeah. Liverpool. That's well, it's very true. And here's right. my last memory of him. But go, on, go on, Dan. I'm just going to say, even worse than scoring that goal for him would have been not scoring it. Oh, so God. I think <laughs> that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. what's going on up here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, my last memory is, is in a similar vein, and that was him you know, not, not watching Atletico Madrid take the penalty. Yeah. yeah, at the bridge, because he's an Atletico. I mean, that was, I'm sorry, but that is unforgivable. I don't care if they're your boyhood club. You're playing for Chelsea mm. and you're playing for us. And you should have been putting Juju on Costa to miss that penalty. But also, also his comments after the Champions League final as well. Mm. That he, want, he, he wasn't happy and everything. It's, just, it's a very sad state yeah. of affairs. It could have all been so very, very different. And it's very, very sad that it isn't. Benches, I mean, it'd be interesting to hear what you say about all of that. And, and what are your abiding memories of, of uh, Fernando Torres' time at Chelsea? I think you guys have summed it up. I mean, it was, when we signed him, it was... So excited, we thought we'd got potentially a top-class striker. A lot of false dawns with him, we thought he was going to hit form. But I think, yeah, massive disappointment. No, no, you know, no other words to describe it, just mm. massive disappointment. But you guys have said, you know, very eloquently, what most Chelsea fans think. We gave him a lot of love, a lot of patience, and it just didn't work out. And uh, as they say to jury, a judge says to a jury, and is that dis- the decision of you all? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what is your verdict? The other black. Oh <laughs> no! I'm glad I'm never up in a court before you lot. Blimey. Anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, fair enough. I tell you what. I mean, just as a final note on on Fernando. I mean, in spite of everything that happened, good and bad, I I, I personally, you know, wish him well. I really do. Yeah. As I said, I, I, it's awful to see somebody go through the yips. So publicly in front of such a mass audience. It'd be very interesting to see how he does. I hope whether, he does whether, well. Whether I really the... do. It's best for us. It's best for him that he's not here. I, forget, and I, I wish he was well. I think it's very symptomatic of a, of a new corporate era that's yeah. been worked mm. out for Chelsea. That they've, he's now yeah. he's disappeared, and we up. hope that will never happen again. Well, that kind exactly. of marquee signing. So like that. I, I Look, think he should do well. Do well in Italy, though, because well, of course it's a, slower. it's a slower game. Yes, mm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm sure he'll score cards. I hope so. No, I wish him well. And, and I mean, you know, in, in all honesty, thanks for the great memories because there were some yep. great memories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I thank him for that. Now, look, very quickly, because we've only got about two or three minutes, but I just want to have a quick chat about the Champions League. Uh, so, and, uh, and this is where it really counts, Seb, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you, because you'll yeah. be at all of them, aren't you? All lucky three, boy. Yeah. Uh, Dan, Dan has a separate, he's going into a separate enterprise for Dan's kind of like Lonely Planet guide to away matches in Europe. You should do, man. Because a number of people <laughs> tweet you saying, Dan, Dan, where's everybody going for a beer? Dan, where's the best place to stay? I mean, you should do it. You should have, you know, Dan Levine's Lonely Dan's Planet guide, guide. to Europe. I'll, but, I'll scout out. Uh, Irish bars in Maribor. Well, I was going to say, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the, you know, because let's. Well, I don't care who we're playing, because basically it's irrelevant until you get to the knockout stages. What the group stages of the Champions League is all about are getting the uh, ticket uh, the tickets at home for loyalty points, and also, is it a good trip? That's what matters. Now, Schalke again, good trip, Seb. I'm not going, but it should be good. But it is a good trip. Yeah, been it's there before. Good. Well, we can drive. Yeah, I've been to Schalke. Is it it's near Gelsenkirchen? It's in Gelsenkirchen. Which yeah. is basically the Croydon of Germany, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's, not that, it's, it's not that exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite as exotic. <laughs> but nevertheless, it's yeah. a good trip, right? Uh, there's lots of good places around there. Yeah. Go, Everybody I know has been out to Schalke. Hang on, but it's Germany. Go to Dusseldorf, go to Cologne. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Stay out of Gelsenkirchen. All right, OK. Sporting Lisbon, excellent trip. Excellent. Sun, sea, Portuguese. One of my mm. favourite cities in the world. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. You've been there before, yeah? Uh, been there several times. Yeah. Okay. You've been there for a game before? Uh, yeah, I think lots of people are going by Faro, a bit on the beach and stuff, and then travel Not up by to... Rui Faro. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's, yeah. Is he back on the bench now? Yeah, 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 he's looking resplendent with his long bouffant hair. Uh, so definitely sporting Lisbon, cracking trip. Mm. He gesticulates well. He does. He gets That's what his job is. <laughs> he's a gesticulator. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, last trip is, is Maribor. Now, new trip. Slovenia, isn't it? Is it Slovenia? I've, I've never been to Slovenia. It's a new one for me, so fantastic. Where is it in Slovenia? It's um, the Maribor. second city in yeah. Slovenia. Yeah. Um, it's quite central. It's not on the coast like uh, Ljubljana is. Bratislava, is it Bratislava? Yeah, Slovakia. 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 Blimey. So where's Slovakia? Oh, I've got it all the wrong. The former Yugoslavia. Yeah, all right, OK. So is it near um, Serbia? Ljubljana is the capital. Ljubljana. 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 Even I got the pronunciation. Yeah, and you're a linguist. You're a linguist. Lovely stuff. So that's a new trip. So you must be going to that one. No, but I've started work. I've started work. Responsibilities of adulthood, mate. What are you going to do? Apparently it's a student town as well. So all the all the young people will, I think, will enjoy it. The young people. None of us here, then. Well. Well, well, old men might. Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of old men who love a trip to Eastern Europe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Cult, the culture The less side. said about yeah, that, the, the culture, better. Because yeah. the, oh, the lager, obviously. Yeah. So, you know. well, um, what do you think? So you're obviously going to Maribor. I am, yeah. And you must be looking forward to it. Really, yeah, because it's somewhere yeah. new. It's pretty, for, for me, it's a very, very good draw. Because um, of the three sides, we've got one that's very easy to get to in Schalke. Yeah. We've got one that's in a brilliant world-class city in Lisbon. And we've got one that's completely new in in. Slovenia, um, and it's a winnable group. Great, we got to go there because I've run over time, Very but I, mean, well, I can't wait. I mean, it is the more, most fun mm. of the Champions League till it gets serious. So well done, anybody going? Have a great time. I wish I was. Now after the break, we will be back to talk Chelsea chatter stats and a little bit of a news roundup. We'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Football Fancast, and I am the host and the judge and the general Obersturm, Führer, Gruppen, whatever. Yeah. It's a chichocracy, remember? Um, anyway, uh, this is a, another favourite bit of my show and a bit where I had, I'm not allowed to waffle on because it's a short part uh, and we start this part off with something that we like to call Chelsea Chatter's stats. Uh, unfortunately, Chelsea Chatter is no longer present with us on the benches because he has far more important adult-type things to do. But he's a lovely bloke and he still sends me these fabulous stats every week. We love him, don't we? We do. They tickle our fancy. Yeah. And what is even better is we now he's, he's reaching out to me he's, he's already... Jonathan Kidd, he reads them out in the style of a well-known voiceover artist called Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> he's good, that bloke. He is a lovely Jonathan bloke, I hear. Yeah, he's yeah. good, he's very good. He reads good. well as cheap well. as well. You're very cheap, yeah, free. But I pay you, don't I? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Single on Jonathan. Welcome Big back. Moment. I'm Stanford Chidge. You're watching or even listening to the Chelsea... Oh, no, that's Read the stats yeah, out, sorry. you muppet. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and welcome to Chelsea Chatter's Stats. Three minutes, 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> Chelsea have scored six goals in Premier League away game. Game, he's put. There's no an S on it. Should be an S on it. Away game. We're not foreign. This is not Chelsea Chatter's grammar. It's (laughs) Chelsea Chatter's stats. I'll have to interpret it, won't I? Chelsea have scored six goals in a Premier League away game. Oh, in a Premier League away game. Start again. Chelsea have scored six goals in a Premier League away game on four different occasions. Well, I never knew that. Chelsea were 2-0 up after three minutes for the first time since 1962. Well, I never knew that either. Philip Luiz is the 698th person to play for Chelsea. 
Nemanja Matic is the 432nd player to score for the Blues. Branislav has made, as you notice, Branislav. has made 200 domestic starts for Chelsea. Petr Cech has been named on the bench for a third successive game. This is the first time it has happened in Big Pete's Chelsea. I, feel, I hear violins going there. There's gravitas in there. Yes, thank you. I'll do, shall I do a, a film four, really? You have, have you got Stat of the Week? I'll do film four. I'm just about to do it. No, Stat of the Week's on the other pages. Yeah, you have to turn over. And I haven't got there yet. There's one more to go. There's one more to go. I'll do film four, read, all right? Okay. I have to go a bit, Nick. Okay. Diego Costa is the eighth player to score in his first three Chelsea games. Only one player's done this in four games. John Meredith in 1928. Thursday night. On film four. Right, can you do the stat of the week in the style of Channel 5? Because I know you do a lot of Channel 5. <laughs> <laughs> sport? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Talk oh, no, no. Benches, do, benches do, we, do, we want, do we want Jonathan to do it in the style of Channel 5 or, or uh, Talk Sport? Talk Sport. Talk Sport. Andy just wants to hear them. I think that means get on with it. All right, okay, yeah. Sorry about that, mate. Yeah, sorry, Andy. Yeah. Um, uh, Samuel Eto'o is the 19th player to score four and against Chelsea in the Premier League. Whoa! <laughs> Is that Talk Sport? That was Talk Sport. Lovely. See, I guessed right. Next week, we'll do them in Channel 5. I think round of applause for Jonathan. There we go. He's available for weddings, bar mitzvahs, Mm. and very cheap radio programs. Very cheap. Sorry, Andy. Sorry, Andy. You were right to correct me. Sorry, mate. I was being a bit... bit, I was, was, yeah, you know. You're mean. I was making a meal of it. Enough. Right. Now, the important information that has to go out with this very, very important stats report is that they are from Chelsea Chatter. And for more Chelsea stats and Chelsea history, you go to chelseachadder.com and follow the lovely man on uh, at Chelsea Chadder at Twitter. So there we go. I do. Right. Now, uh, I'm going to give the gallery a bit of a hint because it's almost time for what happens at this part of the show. I'll give you a clue. Glasses straight. We go to the pub, don't we? No, no, it's not pub time yet. Like, shuffle papers. Best Angela Rippon face. It's almost time for the news after this lovely little sting, which will be the news sting, please. No! <laughs> Every time you do it, I'm going to go ole. You know I am. Yes! Now, listen, gallery, you can't mess with my bongo moment, you know? It's our favourite bit of the show, the bongos. We quite often like sit here pretend, playing pretend bongos. Anyway, this is the Chelsea Fancast News Roundup. Oh, yes. Now, first bit of Chelsea News... First bit of Chelsea news, very sad bit of Chelsea news, actually. Uh, Teresa, who uh, was on the show last week, her, her mum, who for, to many of us was known as Old Mother Baby, very sadly passed away this weekend. And I was very sorry and sad to hear that because I know that she used to listen to the show. Uh, and Teresa's a great mate. So if, if you're listening or watching Teresa, uh, we send our absolute best to you. And rest in peace, Old Mother Baby. You will be sorely, sorely missed. Very sorry to hear that. Uh, on Brighter News, uh, it was Stuart Norman's wedding yesterday. Big blue stew. Stuart Norman, for those of you who do not know, was on the second ever Chelsea fancast with me and Dr. Mark. And he got married yesterday. And that's why the show's on Tuesday instead of Monday, because we were at the wedding. And it was brilliant. Brilliant day and a lovely bloke. And, and, and a great time was had by all. I saw Big Phil. Those of you who know me well will know who Big Phil is. It was a pleasure to see him. 
Now, proper proper news coming up now, and that is that our good mate Martin Wickham uh, is planning uh, on the 6th of September to walk to all four London football grounds, west uh, in West London, that is. Griffin Park, Craven Cottage, uh, some would argue that neither of them are football grounds, but anyway, Stamford Bridge and, of course, the Toilet Bowl. Uh, sorry, Loftus Road. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the finishing point will be Wembley Stadium, uh, a place that, of course, we know very well, and Martin will not need directions because he knows his way around there very well. Now, the total distance covered will be approximately 15 miles, and the reason they're doing this is to raise money for the PKD Charity UK uh, and to commemorate uh, a friend of theirs called Tom Scanlon, who passed away at the age of 26 last March with a horrible disease called polycystic kidney disease, uh, which is a genetic disease that affects about 70,000 adults and children in the UK and of course, about 12 million people worldwide. Uh, now, a contributing factor to his sudden and untimely death was PKD, and it was a very sad thing. I remember it well. Now, Tom didn't know that he had PKD, and the screening of uh, his family members in the aftermath of his passing has revealed that his young son also carries the condition. So Martin's organised this uh, kind of sponsored walk to help raise some money, and all you have to do is support Martin, because he's a lovely bloke. The donations can be sent to him through the following website, uh, which is justgiving.com forward slash WLU. And you just have to, if you want to text some money to him, it's easy. You text WLUW99 to 70070. Uh, so they get on it, people. Worthwhile cause. Now, I can give you a cause now that is completely not worthwhile. Seb is going to laugh his whatever's off when he hears what I'm about to say next. Chidge has set up a fantasy football Mini League. Ooh. Yes, I know you can't believe it, it's true. Um, but uh, it's, uh, it's uh, the Fancy Football have basically done this. Uh, not Fancy Football, sorry. Football Fancasts have basically done this. And the website's fantasy, freefantasyfootball.footballfancast.com. Now, my team, of course, is Celery FC. And uh, I'm now laying down the challenge to you inferior lot out there who don't know how to do this properly uh, to come and beat me. Now, that we have a, a mini league called Chelsea Fancast. And if you think you can do better than me in, as a manager... Uh, I will be amazed if you can't, frankly, because I'm rubbish. But have a go. Uh, all you have to do is, as I said, go to that website, which is uh, freefantasyfootball.footballfancast.com, and you can register to play on there. That's what you do. Go to register to play, then pick your team and use the mini league admin option to join my mini league. Uh, the details of which are the league name is Chelsea Fancast League, and the password is, you'll love this, Fannies1905. Very, Very Chelsea Fancast. Very so the league name is, there you go, league name is Chelsea Fancast League and the password is Fannies1905. Simple and free, fantastic prizes to win and also the chance to absolutely rinse me over a season at fantasy football, which there are people who are yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who could do that with their eyes closed. So come on and do it. Right, now last up. Oh yeah, this is quite exciting too. On Saturday we kind of had the uh, start of our new live blog what used to be the chat room on the uh, Chelsea Fancast website has now turned into a live blog and it's on the Euron CFFC page now all you have to do on a match day uh, is go on there really and post stuff it's kind of like Facebook or Twitter but better and if you hate Facebook and Twitter then you just have to go to chelseafancast.com forward slash your hyphen on CFFC that's all you have to do it's very simple um, you can do it listening or watching the, t- this program actually you can have a chat with each other on there if it's on a match day or 24-7 it is open all the time right that is it no more news it's gone until next time right we've got to go unfortunately very sadly 
uh, we've got three minutes to say goodbye, which is never, ever, ever long enough. But I'm going to start us off by saying that um, that is, in fact, all we have got time for on this very show this week. Uh, now, we are off for a break, uh, very much down to the fact that they're playing some pointless England internationals that nobody cares about, as evidenced by 30,000 people buying tickets for Wembley. I think it's on Wednesday, tomorrow even. Who cares? Not us, that's for sure. Anyway... Thanks to them, we're not here next week, uh, but we will be back after the Chelsea versus Swansea, Swansea match, and I do believe we will be back on a Monday, but I will keep you posted on that. Now, during the week, you can email chelseafancast at gmail.com if you want to ask me anything, uh, like how many goals will Diego Costa score, that kind of thing. Uh, and, of course, you can follow the show on at uh, chelseafancast on Twitter. All very simple. Get it on iTunes, get it on uh, um, sound... Uh, what did I call it the other week? SoundCloud. It's actually SoundCloud. <laughs> SoundCloud. Uh, you know, iTunes, like SoundCloud, the website. It's easy to get this SoundCloud. blooming program. Get on it, people. Simple. Right, we got to go. But it's been brilliant to see you, Seb. Fantastic to see you, mate. Thanks for having me. And happy birthday for tomorrow. Thanks, Judge. Great to see you, Dan Levine. It's a pleasure. Dan Levine is the... Yeah, I think so. I think so, definitely. Dan Levine, the only man who gets rationed on the Chelsea fancast, and it's him that does the rationing, not me. He said, no, cheers, cheers, I can only come on, I can only come on once a month, cheers, you know, I'm a busy man. I heard you on Sports Sport the other day, by the way. You were up early. You were on, you were on no, <laughs> H&J, you got an afternoon oh, start on H&J, yes, and then he yeah. fell out of my seat with jealousy, <laughs> uh, with, 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 with being impressed. It was fantastic. Great to see you, mate, as always. Mr. Kid. Mr. Kid. I just think we, we don't have to say anything about Jonathan, we just have to give him the clap. What a legend. I love him. Benches, benches, you are great too. I love you. Thank you so much. Hello, benches. Particularly, particularly uh, Daniel Barca, who, I, who has been chatting to me for years on the Facebook site, and the lovely, lovely Aaron, who's come all the way from the States. Brilliant to see you boys, but always lovely to see the regulars, which are the hardcore, really. Andy, Gaffer, one Harry Baker, and the lovely, 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 lovely Dan Silves. Aren't you brilliant? Give yourselves a clap too. I think, yes, definitely. Brilliant stuff, right. Oh, it's all going. It's brilliant. I'm loving it this week. I've really had a great time. And thank you very much for you lot out there for listening. Uh, we will see you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Oh, the Chelsea! We'll see you next week. Time, whatever. Off you go. Run titles. We've done enough. We're going It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.